Good morning. Good morning, everyone. We will now call to order the City Council's budget work session. Madam Clerk, if you would start with the evacuation announcement, please. Yes, ma'am. The Council evacuation announcement goes as follows. Upon activation of the emergency alarm signal, all persons should immediately exit the building. Please use the exits to the left or right front of the Council chambers or the east or west stairwell outside the rear doors of the chamber. Do not use elevators or escalators. After exiting the building, proceed to the assembly area located in the parking lot, bordered by Clay, 8th and 9th Streets. Citizens and employees should assist visually and hearing-impaired visitors with exiting the building. And also adhering to Council's rules of procedure, everyone in attendance should be seated at this time. Thank you, Madam Clerk. We will now go to the agenda for today. And Ms. Brown. Yes, we're going to continue from where we left off at the uh, last amendment session. Um, so in members' packets, you should have a copy of the administration's impact statements, as well as a copy of their responses from questions you raised um, from the last session. So if we continue to um, move on from where we left off, if you turn to page 10 of your administration impact statements, we'll be starting with that first item, which is item number 43, which is a reduction proposed by Councilman Agilesto to reduce the East End Vacant and Blight Property Strategy Project by 450000 Do you want a brief introduction yes, as I'm to sorry. the rationale? Okay. So please go ahead. Thank you. Um, so like we did last Monday, uh, this is in the CIP budget. Um, I had uh, went to find $23 million uh, so that we could increase funding for school maintenance as well as increase funding for road repaving. Uh, this, this particular item has been in the budget, I think, since 2011 or 2012, and it has not been there has been no expenditures out of it and it appeared to have some fairly redundant um, nature and strategy to some other things that we have funded including uh, the additional uh, efforts for uh, doing uh, tax delinquent sales as well as some other um, big pushes with the East End and since it hadn't been spent uh, and it's been sitting in the budget for a number of years I just simply um, identified it as a potential source that could go towards school maintenance or road repaving when I was having to balance my cuts with my increases. All right. Uh, yes, uh, Madam Vice President. Thank you. And uh, I certainly appreciate my colleagues' uh, goal in uh, earmarking this funding. However, uh, the funding... Uh, is twofold. One part was to address uh, the need for a study in Whitcomb Court, uh, our other public housing community. And the first step has been to focus in terms of Creighton. And then the second continues to be the acquisition of blighted and distressed properties uh, in the East End, which certainly 
uh, the quarter would be a part of that, but the uh, district in general. And so the funding for the study is still needed, uh, at, but equally as critically, the funding to address vacant blighted properties throughout my district remains. And so this is not a uh, reduction that I would uh, uh, support, nor would I, uh, uh, and I would ask my colleagues not to support. Is there any other comment? Ms. Robertson. Thank you, Mr. President. Good morning to everyone. Um, This line item, you're correct. It has been in the budget for a while. This is a huge undertaking that is being done in the East End to address the condition of our public housing communities. And uh, need not I remind ourselves of what we've experienced just this past winter and and realizing the awful condition that housing is in in our public housing community. Some of our families that has the greatest need are living in some of, in housing that uh, to a large degree uh, we would question whether or not it is is up to standards um, for the city of Richmond. Uh, So there has been a commitment made to address the housing needs uh, in the public housing communities and the 250, uh, I'll speak to specifically as it relates to uh, Wickham. Um, I have had detailed conversation with the board of the Housing Authority, uh, with the acting director, um, Orlando Assi, as well as with their construction uh, and development manager. The Housing Authority uh, has made a decision and has, which I think is a wise decision, to work very closely with the public, uh, with the private sector. They have received uh, uh, consent from HUD as it relates to providing housing vouchers. And so the plan is for Wickham in the initial stages is to get uh, those vouchers uh, for, a num- for a number of units that would be allowed from the process, for this process and to begin the process of providing uh, decent, safe housing uh, using the section, what we used to call the Section 8, the housing voucher uh, program, and working with the private sector in beginning the process of relocation and providing decent, affordable housing for residents, and also looking at a strategy, uh, working with the uh, private sector again, and the residents of the community to look at the total redevelopment strategy for for the Wickham community. Of course, $250,000 is not uh, sufficient to do the total development, uh, but we are also working very closely with Parks and Rec that is going to begin to put in, put in place in the community some other significant playground areas and bring back areas where we have done the demolition of the Wickham Elementary School uh, in the community. Um, this is this program, this initiative is about providing justice and housing 
for the city of Richmond. And the housing authority has given me the assurance that uh, as it relates to Wickham, that they are ready to move forward with this and we should see uh, the transformation taking place over the next six months. Council President. Thank you, Ms. Robertson. Uh, I'm and sorry, Ms. Larson had her hand up next, Mr. Agilasto, and then uh, Dr. Just, Newbill. And I was seeking sorry, a, go ahead, a Mr. point Agilasto. of order because what I've heard from both Dr. Newbill and, and Ms. Robertson was I've heard RRHA and working with Whitcomb Court and all of this, in the actual CIP budget description, it doesn't mention RRHA, it doesn't mention Whitcomb Court, it doesn't mention a study of any sort for this particular CIP. All of that is listed under another CIP project called Public Housing Transformation, which has um, uh, $4 million being recommended for it in the CIP budget going forward. So I just wanted to make sure that when we talk about these budgets, if it doesn't say it within the, the description of the CIP, I don't think legally we can spend those monies on those efforts because it's not contemplated by the council when we approve the CIP. And I just make that reference okay, to make sure yes. that we're can, doing this within the uh, guise of the legalities yes. of what the CIP budget approval Thank process you. is. Thank, Thank you. you. I agree. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jackson, do, we, do you have an opinion on that as far as... Uh, the description of items and how that money can be used? Uh, the ordinances that are in front of City Council provide for appropriations. Appropriations typically are for specific amounts and for specific purposes. The books that you use in front of you are not expressly incorporated into those ordinances, but we have always construed them as being highly persuasive of the uh, purposes for which a given appropriation is made and uh, highly persuasive of limitations on, um, on the appropriations that were made. So, Okay, that, and let me hear... Just one second. I'd recognize other people. If we can, the order is that the patron will speak and then we'll have comment, and then I guess we can, and if we can come back to the patron at that point, I appreciate Mr. Agilasto's point on this one, uh, but we are at eight and a half minutes and we're trying to keep these to five total. So, uh, Ms. Larson, I believe you had comment, or you did earlier, I believe I'd called on you. Right. I did. If you, if you don't now. I, I, I did um, just what I've said over and over again about RHA is just that um, we have a lot of money allocated towards the RHA project, um, but we haven't seen a revised budget without when we didn't receive the choice grant, and I have concerns about that, but in looking at the Narrative for this, um, I believe Councilman Agilesto is correct. It, it says um, we'll partner with nonprofit and private developers. So, okay. All right, I, very I good. I mean, it, it mm -hmm. strikes me as being supportive of the work of RRHA, but that this money is not going to RRHA. All right, Dr. Newbill and then uh, Ms. Gray. 
We had subsequent discussion uh, at council about this very item, and many questions were raised and I thought addressed relative to the study for Wickham. We made a commitment relative to transformation of public housing communities in our city, of which we have six in the first two, Creighton up first and then Wickham. Uh, This um, is critical to us meeting that commitment to our community. And yes, it's been in for a bit, but you know, public housing is a generational issue in our community. It didn't just happen overnight, and it's going to take uh, time, effort, and resources to be able to undertake the kind of uh, planning and transformation necessary for our communities to be um, moved to, again, um, and I'm trying not to be redundant. I know we have a time factor, but this is a commitment to our public housing community. I hear that it isn't necessarily going to the housing. Authority. That was part of the discussion, but the commitment to work to develop a plan to transform our public housing and to utilize funds to address uh, uh, vacant blighted properties all around and within becomes critical, so. Thank you, Madam Vice President. Uh, Ms. Gray. So, first let me start by saying strategy keeps coming up and and our strategy, and I don't think that, um, at least for me as a new council member, the strategy has been shared, and I've asked RRHA for the pro forma for this project, that it's hundreds of millions of dollars of of public dollars in investment. Um, I understand there were three choice applications that failed. Um, I don't think that at the federal level there's an environment or climate for us to go back to to seek further federal dollars. So I'd like to know what the strategy and plan is before we make further investments. Um, As you know, the oldest and largest public housing complex is Gilpin Court, and there's tons of blight surrounding that area. So um, to have it narrowly say that this is going to address blight and public housing specifically in the East End with this overall strategy that's upwards of three, $400 million to, to accomplish that we know we may not be able to do, um, I think we need to revisit the strategy. I also think that transparency is is key with this, and I was the one who raised questions about a grant that was going to a nonprofit to do a study, and it was a specific amount when no one put out an RFP or did any competitive process for this particular study. And I believe there was a prior study that was done for the same amount to another nonprofit um, for a different public housing area. So I just have a lot of questions, and it's been months since I asked for the numbers on this project. I know um, I did the simple math of it, and with the city having already invested the land and prepped that land site to the tune of over $10 million, that we're still looking at over $300,000 per unit for these affordable apartments. And I don't know what the strategy is. I'm really having a hard time understanding why it's so costly. You could build someone a four-bedroom home for that 
somewhere. So I'm, I need to see the numbers and I need to understand what the strategy is. And no one has sat down to share that. So it may have gone through this all in a prior council, but things didn't happen the way they were planned. The choice grant wasn't acquired. So I, I do have questions and issues with continually funding some strategy or plan that seems very far out there and ambiguous to me. Thank you, Ms. Gray. Are there any other comments? And we're almost on 15 minutes here. Um, I will say that while I appreciate um, and uh, agree with, uh, with the Vice President as well as Ms. Robertson on the need for this, I think this item was mislabeled and I don't understand, relative to what we're discussing now, uh, the $250,000 for the Wickham study. I mean, I, I appreciate that there's soft cost involved, uh, but I don't know. I'm sorry. Here. Uh, I know that there's soft cost involved in hard development, but are these soft costs necessarily to be in the CIP budget? And I mean, the administration has indicated that this is what this is specifically used for, but, and I'd be happy to look at that under another line item. I just feel like that, that this was mislabeled, uh, and therefore these funds cannot necessarily be spent for the purpose in which the discussion is on, uh, but I'm not sure that the discussion uh, – is reflective of what was in the budget, uh, Madam Vice President. Did you? I'm sorry, uh, Ms. Robertson. And uh, then, Madam if I Vice heard President. you correctly, um, Mr. President, um, I was having a sidebar conversation during part of your comments. But what I'm understanding from the patron with the amendment, um, it it says in the descriptive. Of the project, uh, the $250,000, which I made, it, it does say used for Wickham. However, the patron of the amendment is saying that this amendment of his does not address or deal with the funding that was in the budget uh, for the Wickham. Um, and let me be clear as it relates to soft. Uh, soft cost and hard cost. Soft cost versus hard cost. Ver versus in any development, as you budget. very well know, Mr. President, yes. with yes. the development that I, in the work that you do on a daily basis, there is always things within a hard development that includes what we sometimes refer to as soft development. And that is an essential part of the construction package. So I don't want to confuse this uh, to suggest that any engineering, preliminary site planning, any of those kinds of things are, are considered as soft costs when you're in the process of doing development. Um, however, if the, if, if the patron is acknowledging that there's an error, that the 250 as it relates to the Wickham development is not a part of this amendment, then um, I will refrain from any other conversation, but I would ask the staff to make that correction so that that would not continue to be a part of this confusion. Um, but to comment beyond that as it relates to East End, we have broken ground. We have started work. We are in the middle of development. This is not 
a time for us to start talking about taking money, $450,000, out of the budget to continue a development that is already in process uh, to address providing decent, safe housing with adequate heating so that families are not freezing during the winter, and the other kinds of needs that we know that exist. Um, this is $50,000 shy of what we are willing to give to families that can afford to make and take care of their own personal properties in the city of Richmond. We're willing to give them a grant free. Um, I asked for the same for people that had less abilities and it's been rejected. We cannot continue to reject people of poverty. And this is what this amendment does. Thank you, uh, Ms. Robertson. Uh, we are at 18 minutes and almost 19 minutes uh, at this rate. If I want to remind everybody that our agenda this evening means we're going to be here quite late uh, with the items of which the public is going to speak about to um, issues as well as public hearing for the budget. So uh, I'd like to have a break at some point in the day, uh, as I'm sure we all would, but we're not going to get there if we spend 20 minutes on each item. Uh, so that having been said, uh, do we have any further comment on this item, Dr. Newbill? Yes. Again, I, I would um, echo... Uh, Councilwoman Robertson, I hear uh, the adjustment, uh, but I, again, these developments to transform public housing communities do not happen overnight. We have funds uh, available to be utilized, and I hear there's some questions still to be answered, and I'd be committed to getting those answers to the question, but these dollars are critical to the transformation of the community, which doesn't just include uh, the site, but the surrounding community. Again, um, generational issues, there's no uh, short-term responding uh, or expectation that it's all done in one fell swoop on any development. And so uh, it would be short-sighted. Um, it would be, um, I consider, um, reneging on our commitment to the East End community in terms of transforming community, and we know what it takes uh, in terms of doing that. And this is a part of that effort, and I would ask that these funds remain in this section. Yes, okay. Let's, uh, do we have a consensus on this item? Uh, any other clarification as to, um, well, let's see, Ms. Gray, I don't know, Mr. Agilasto, did you have any clarifying remarks uh, from your standpoint? I think, uh, per, if I could, I will just yes. clarify one thing. Maybe what would be very helpful in these discussions is if we could, in the introduction of them, and I would be glad to do this for any future amendments that I have, is read what the description and scope is from this, the budget book, because as the city attorney has opined, that's what we are essentially appropriating for. The, count, the council is saying this is what we want to spend this amount of money to do. The administration does not have the authorization to go and change the scope of work from what the council has appropriated. And, and for this sake of clarification, because I'm hearing a lot of misinformation out there, 
description and scope. For this project, the city will partner with nonprofit and private developers to address the high number of vacant and blighted properties in the 7th district, creating opportunities for affordable home ownership. It doesn't mention a thing about RRHA or Whitcomb study. It just doesn't. And I went back to even in the 2014 budget books, and it talks about trying to uh, buy up properties in the Nile Mile Corridor and to do more support for the model block. So I'm just trying to provide clarification for my colleagues who think this money is for something different. They may be confused because there are a lot of CIP items that use the terminology East End. I just want to provide the clarification, and and I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Gray, and then Ms. I'm sorry, Mr. Jones has not spoken to this item. I want to remind everybody that we are at 22 minutes and heading at 25 here is my guess. But Mr. Jones has not spoken to this item, so please go ahead. And, and, and Mr. President, I just want to th- speak on something just from possibly a process or procedural standpoint that as we look to, excuse me, and identify uh, monies that are in uh, our colleagues' districts, and again, I'm not going to assume that there was no communication between uh, counselors, but I think it would be helpful that if I were looking at money in the 8th district that I would give Reva a call and ask Reva, hey, what's can you give me some background on this? What's going on with this? So Reba would have an opportunity to share, well, Michael, do this or don't do this, or you can look here and, and help me in that process. But, you know, I don't know if that happens. I think that would be wise. Uh, I think that's how we can keep good relationships and, and do good legislation, that before I touch anything in the 8th District, I go and talk to the 8th district counselor and find out what's going on in her district before I touch money that's appropriated for her district and just get some further clarification. I'm not saying that did or did not happen in this instance, but I think that would cut down on this 23-minute piece outside of hearing from someone from administration who may be able to opine on this. So that's just my two cents, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Anyone else? It just seems like to me that I'll be happy to support the Wickham study, but if something says, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think that Wickham is not located in the 7th District. And I think that, well, the, the appropriation said specifically the 7th District. So I don't think that we can set a precedent where we're just telling the administration, oh, that's fine, that's close, that's good enough. If we wanted to do this beyond the 7th District, we should have said so. Uh, And like I said, Ms. Robertson, I will be more than happy to support this study under another line item. Mr. Mr. President, uh, as I said... It has to be cut. As I said earlier, Uh um, I stand corrected based on what Mr. Algelester said, that this, this line item that he is referencing does say the seventh. Um, where I am confused is as it relates to the project amendment impact statement that is made that made reference to that. It did. And, and, and he has clarified that, that that is not the same, and that his amendment is not to decrease funding as it relates to Wickham, but as it relates to the line item that is on page 30, 
in the active, which is the East End, and is in the 7th District, and he is correct from that perspective. And so um, I would hope that the the confusion is due to the text language that is in the spreadsheet that we received from the staff. And so well, and I... I and I'm frankly disappointed that well, it's, the administration errors happen, would say errors that. Errors happen every day, and, and I'm right. perfectly comfortable with being, that being clarified. Thank you. I'm sorry, Dr. Uh, Ms. Gray and then Dr. Newbill, and we're at, we blew right by 25 minutes. We're looking at 26-plus. Ms. Gray, please go ahead. So my, my question here, and, and it continues to be, when will I see the overall plan and strategy, because I've been asking for it for months. And if I can't get it as a council person, where's the transparency in all of this? Number two, have we even considered revisiting the strategy when we learned that we weren't going to be getting all this infusion of federal dollars? And why are we, I mean, to me, this is like buying the floor mats for the Rolls Royce that your parents promised to buy you that they never did. If we are only going to piecemeal this, we'll never get there. We need a real strategy, and we need to understand where all the money is coming from. We can't just do this in pieces like this. And I have issue with it. I don't, right. I, I don't like spending money that I don't know exactly how we're going to accomplish the end goal and why it's costing as much as it does. Perhaps we can revisit the strategy or the strategies for all of our public housing and figure out what we can do. But to, to say that this is, I understand that there has been an overall lack of funding, but to say that this is somehow going to fix the management issues within public housing that led to people not having heat for months and, and perhaps years, that's a whole nother animal, and I'm not going to be held to say, held hostage to say this money has to go there because these people didn't have heat. The, the fact that people didn't have heat is a much bigger issue and needs to be addressed by us on a continual basis. The, the standard of living, regardless of what project or plan moves forward, needs to be maintained for every citizen within the city. And if we're not willing to, to do that at the minimum, then we all have a problem. So perhaps the 250000 should go towards fixing those units instead of the study, if it's going to take another 15 or 20 years to get to any development. So I just need to know what the strategy is. Okay. Did we – and I, I wasn't clear before. Uh, maybe misled is a harsh word. But when we start addressing things that aren't in a budget line item, that are, you know, quite frankly, when you say the 7th District and you start saying this is going to hold up a study outside the 7th District, I'm troubled by that. And I hope that we don't run into any other line items where there are arguments beyond what this money is appropriated for. This, this is important. I mean, this is, this is our budget. This isn't council's budget. And we've got to really look at 
these things are they're serious items. We can't appropriate money for X and then spend it on Y because Y is a good cause. That just cannot happen. So, like I said, I'd be happy to support an increase somewhere for the Wickham study, but I feel like this line item is in an appropriate place to to stick something that's outside the seventh district. And so, uh, yes, this new bill. And then okay. we. We are at 30 minutes. I'm going sure. to say that we have to end this discussion sure. at 35. Uh, let me be clear. Um, Wickham study was not a part of the original. That, that's clear. I was not confused about that. I was, however, willing to have that be part and parcel of this set of dollars because the first two public housing communities we committed to working with included Creighton and Wickham. And in order for Wickham to move forward, having a study was necessary. The vacant, blighted property acquisition is a part of creating quality, affordable housing in the community, in and around the Armstrong site, on the Armstrong site. All of that's part and parcel. So it's not, I'm not sure where folks felt the confusion was, but I'm clear that Wickham is in the 6th District. I am clear that Wickham is also a community we committed to and therefore, again, was willing to utilize some of those dollars to this end so we could get that discussion started because we had committed to the Wickham community as well. So that, I'm not, it's a, I'm not quite sure, uh, Mr. President, when you folks not um, sharing information, et cetera, but... Uh, this remains a need. Uh, whichever way you want to do the study is fine. It's still needed. Uh, but so is uh, resources to address vacant blighted property acquisition and disposition in a way to create uh, affordable housing throughout the East End and the city, for that matter. But certainly throughout the East End. Thank you. Is there any <clears throat> final comments on this? Just one final comment, yes. with um, all due correct. respect. Even if, the, if there was an understanding between less than a majority of this council on an appropriated item to move that money to, another, to serve another purpose, it needs to come back for some public discourse and determination by a majority of this body to change that. Because... That was one person's understanding was not my understanding and reading what the intended purpose for that was for. Okay. Well, let's see. Are we, uh, do we have a consensus on this item to, uh, to take the 450 out or some amount thereof? Uh, so let me start with the whole 450, which was the amendment. Uh, is there any one, two, doesn't look three? I'm sorry, you were saying to take the whole 450 out was the, was the item. that That's the way we've done these. So let's start with that. Looks like 450 doesn't have a consensus. Uh, I'm sorry, Ms. Brown. Did you? Have a comment. Maybe I didn't count everybody, but oh no, I was just checking to see who was. Okay, we've got one, two, three, one, two, three. 
Okay, so the 450, uh, that amendment does not uh, does not have a consensus to reduce it by that amount. Is there some other number by which we want to look at? If not, then... Okay, yes, Ms. Uh, Ms. Gray. I think at the minimum it should be reduced by the amount that is saying is needed to fund a study outside of the scope of what it says. So the 250 needs to be. Uh, okay. Because legally, I don't think it would be appropriate to publicly list this money as a seventh district project and we all leave here with that understanding, and then it gets moved to a project in the same immediate area. But it, in reading this, you wouldn't know that. So I think for transparency purposes, if that's what the intended purpose of that money is, it should come out of this line. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so uh, the 250 reduction, do we have a consensus on that? Council President, if I may, I think what I'm hearing from Ms. Gray is if there's not support on the 450 reduction, at least had the council vote to reappropriate the 250 to a new CIP that clearly states the use of the funds for a Whitcomb study. Currently, there is nothing in our CIP book that says here are funds for a Whitcomb study. There's the public housing transfer transformation that clearly does talk about Whitcomb and the transformation of Whitcomb. Right. But to, to have the administration come and say that we're using this money for this purpose when that is clearly not stated in the scope of work, I think is a bit uh, alarming to the council about its role in governance and oversight and transparency as to how taxpayer monies are being spent. Okay. Thank you. Um, Ms. Gray, and we're at 35 minutes okay. and 33 seconds. So uh, that is what I was trying to say, but I would prefer if we're sending money for public housing that we address life, health, and safety issues before we start studying how we're going to transform it. Um, if people are living in conditions that are less than healthy and don't allow any dignity, um, we need to address that first. Okay. So, Mr. Agilesto, as I understand what you had just said, uh, you're, you're proposing that we reduce this line item by 250 and create another line item for Wickham. Okay, do we have a consensus for that? That would be no reduction in the budget uh, item, but simply setting up a transfer uh, to a line item that specifically uh, states that this money is to be used for the Wickham study. Is there a consensus on that? Okay, one, and, two, and can, can I just ask just three. for clarification, Mr. President? Absolutely. I just want to make sure that I'm clear on what we're giving, what I'm going to give consensus on. If it remains the same, then what happens to the money, what happens to the projects, what happens to the understanding? Okay. Of how I'm those sorry, funds are I didn't used. hear that last part. If, if we do not give consensus to this particular idea or change, what would happen to those funds? They're going to remain in the budget as stated, as stated, the 7th District. Now, we can, you know, say that 7, or excuse me, 450 is going to be used all for the 7th District, or we can change an amendment of the verbiage on that CIP item. 
but we can't, I mean, we can't spend money outside the 7th District unless we put a budget amendment in. So that's where we are. So the, re the request right now on the table is to not take any money out of the budget, but to label things in a proper fashion. I guess that was a little, uh, that was kind of swaying people on that one. Uh, but you are, is that clear that we would? Okay, all right. So that's the consensus item to uh, just move uh, the 250 to another line item, specifically stating that's for a Wickham, uh, the study and the development of, of Wickham. Okay. Mr. President, I have yeah. a question. I have a, Absolutely. I have a question. You know, um, we've just done spent 35 minutes on this right here. We have. And, you know, it's, I mean, we've got all these other papers to go through and everything. And if we, and if we don't start cutting something or whatever, we're going to be like we have every year, one, two, three, or 4 o'clock in the morning, trying right. to balance the budget. And I know that I, I agree with what Michael said. It would be better. I mean, every year we say we're going to do this. We're going to talk to each other about some of the big projects that we want in our districts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we never do until we get here. And then we're like, we're at each other's throats because we don't want to everybody because I know that if they have something they want that for their district we just don't throw it out there just to be fighting over it it's something that that are really needs that every district has but at the end we have to make all these decisions to cut and here we are talking we're not we're not even talking about cutting that right now but by next week we'll be back in here talking about the same thing at each other's throats trying to take the money again. Okay. So I just... All right. Well, well, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Trammell. Do we have a consensus on moving this to another line item? Okay. We've got one, two, three, four. Right. Moving the 250 to another line item. Right. Ms. Tragilesto, this was your amendment. Your last suggestion, I'm assuming that you're a yes on it. Okay, that's five votes. So so we'll move on to this one, the next one. We cannot spend 40 minutes on one amendment where we didn't reduce one dollar. We just cannot do that. Uh, so, Madam Clerk, can we set up, it's supposed to be one minute for introduction, two minutes, I'm sorry, three minutes for discussion. I want, if we could possibly do this, for a buzzer to go off, the the uh, the light to flash, that 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 individual member's time is up. Can we do that? Okay, thank you. If we could do that, number uh, number fifty, is that where we are? I believe number fifty, uh, Nine Mile Road corridor and rehabilitation, page 53 of the active projects. Uh, Ms. Brown, or I'm sorry, who's the patron of that? Mr. Agilasto? Thank you, Council President. Um, this particular uh, CIP item, uh, again, uh, spoke specifically to blight abatement in the East End. Uh, like I said, there were several of these that had some redundancies. Um, this one has been in the budget I think since 2014, 
Uh, and again, no, no spending has been made on it. Uh, the description and scope reads, the proposed project supports the redevelopment work underway in the Nine Mile Road 25th Street corridor. Blighted properties are being acquired for demolition or rehabilitation to improve safety and other conditions in the area. So this is specifically about acquisition of properties that are deemed blighted. It appeared to be redundant to the east end vacant properties that we uh, have left $200,000 in its budget, so this is an additional 235. The response that we received from the administration is saying that these funds are actually going to be used for um, remodeling the strip mall that the city helped um, RRHA acquire. <clears throat> so we've already spent monies to acquire this building, which this CIP says that the monies are to be used for acquisition. This is now saying that we're going to use the funds to renovate it, renovate a building that RRHA owns that we helped to buy for a youth center. Um, and I'm not sure that, again, the administration's response here is clearer on what the CIP budget item is. It seems to me that the CIP bud budget item is for one thing, and then they're saying they're going to spend it for a different purpose. And I'm finding that not to be transparent and I think if we are going to leave this money in here, rather than uh, support the cut that I'm recommending, that we could actually put this into some schools or uh, <laughs> that, you know, I've tried to get $15 million for maintenance for schools, and I'm still coming up with nothing. But if we're going to leave it, I think we at least need to recognize what the administration intends to do with it okay. we're and be more minutes. clear. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. It's supposed to be a... Uh Three minutes for council discussion on this line item. So I think what Mr. Agilasto has indicated is that he's saying that that we need to relabel this item so it's reflective of what we've spent. And again, I hope I don't have to keep saying this, that we've got to stick to the line items for which an item is spent. That is an appropriation that uh, is made for that purpose and to spend money for some other purpose is, is extremely troubling. Uh, but I, beyond that, when we've got answers that aren't relevant to the budget amendment, that is troubling. Not as troubling as, as spending money for an appropriation for a, an item for which it was not appropriated, but it's still not helpful uh, as we have our discussion. So I think Mr. Agilasto is just asking for a redescription of this item to to what end I'm not I mean I talked I'd heard other purposes uh, than so let me first begin because your original item was to reduce this by two thirty. So I'm gonna start here two thirty five. To start here looking for a consensus for that to remove that from the budget. Yes. Uh, Dr. Newbill. Thank you. Um, this line item, and please do read the text, spoke to um, acquisition of rehab um, along the Nine Mile Road corridor, which indeed this particular building, it is not the entire uh, strip mall. It is the family dollar store at the end of the strip mall that was earmarked as an opportunity to uh, create place and space for our youth 
especially given what's going on across our city. And fortunately, we're evidencing a reduction, but certainly uh, at the time in Mosby and Creighton, there was a need to have a place and space for young people for quality, productive after-school and weekend programming. And so the thought was to take that family dollar store that had a larger footprint than the current uh, space management office in Creighton to provide um, activities and talk with Parks and Rec, and they would be uh, amenable to and able to um, oversee the programming, but that the space was not designed as a rec center and so needed some rehab. And so that was consistent with the dollar amount. I do want to simply uh, say that um, given the information I've received regarding what will be needed um, to um, to have that space function in that way, that I would be amenable to this um, reduction if it is directed to school maintenance. Okay. All right. So we're at three minutes. We need consensus on this item. Uh, and I I spent a minute, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to be brief, and I failed in that. Uh, measure. So uh, there's any more discussion. We cannot have another 40-minute discussion on a line item, but if anybody uh, wants to talk about that, sounded like Dr. Newbill was was uh, okay with this reduction. Did I understand that? As long as, for, as long as it was for school maintenance. The original amendment, and we can bring this up as another amendment, uh, but the original amendment was to reduce this line item completely from the budget. So do we have any consensus? Is there consensus on that? Okay, that looks like that has two votes. I'm sorry, uh, three. Ms. Wright, we had one, two, three, four. Oh, I'm sorry, one, two, three. And Mr. Agilasto... Are you still approving that? That's four. So we don't have a consensus I, on getting rid of the whole thing. And that's fine. I just think that this, the, the description has to be changed. In 2014, council approved a repaving project in the 5th district with defined boundaries for it. In the budget book description, it got written as two streets instead of the boundaries of a general area. And we had to go back to the administration and request a budget amendment so that they could, in fact, spend the money to do the general area instead of just repaving two streets. When I hear funds are being spent for very different purposes and that monies are leaving the city and going to other entities, a.k.a. RRHA, to be spent for other purposes and what is in the budget book, I have a very hard time believing that that is lawful based on the council's delegated authority to make appropriations. I had to jump through the hoops in 2014. There was extra legal work that had to happen to clarify road repaving that in these conversations was very clear and articulated by the council. But because of whatever description got put into that stupid budget book, that's what the city attorney opined had to be met. And I cannot sit here and think of a double standard 
to say, oh, no, they can do it how they want to see fit, even though the description in the budget book does not articulate that. This is government that is not transparent. It is going, going far afield from us stewarding the public money if we do not make these amendments where we clearly spell it out. I'm having heartburn, if you cannot tell, because this, to me, is where bad decisions get made, fraud, waste, and abuse can very much run amok. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Ms. Gray, we're at six minutes. Again, um, not None, to... That's not directed at you, no, every I speaker. Understand. I'm going to say what minute we're at. No, Please I go ahead. I understand. Um, again, um, I agree with Councilmember Agilesto, and there's a lack of transparency on these projects. Um, I wasn't here when this strategy was designed. No one has shared the strategy. I would like to know what it is, but um, we're, we're spending money on a study that decades down the road this construction is supposed to happen. We're spending money on a community center to, to serve children who are living adjacent to this community, this proposed community center, and housing that is inadequate, grossly inadequate. So I get that we want to put them in new housing, but that, if that's not going to happen for several months or years, I would like to see a strategy to address the living conditions that these children are sleeping in and living in and, and growing in before we have funds dedicated to new projects. Okay. So we rejected the proposal to, re, to remove the money completely, as I understand it. So does anyone have another uh, amendment on this, uh, taking dollars from it or not, uh, that would, uh, yes. Mr. President, um, we have gone through this budget amendment process, and I don't think on any of these amendments, the amendments that before us is the amendment that we have voted to support or not support, and we have not created an additional amendment. I, th I thought our amendment period was over. I mean, I've got plenty of amendments that I'd like to put in. Uh, I was limited to only two. Um, and so I don't think that, I think we need to deal with the amendment that is on the floor and, and so that we can get through the consensus of what's here. And if we don't do that, then I think your continual repeating of how much time and what we aren't going to do is only going to continue to add more time to it. So I would ask that we stick to what we've been doing in the past as it relates to the amendments, if we can. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Robertson. Um, having said that, I appreciate that. And we did not have consensus on this amendment. If we could come back at another time and revisit this, but this amendment was rejected as a consensus item. So... Uh, if we can move on to number 59. Uh, let's see. Uh, number 59, uh, that's uh, Ms. Robertson. 
I believe that's your amendment. Uh, main library renovations. Am I reading that correctly? Uh, $93,000 rejection. That's what I'm seeing up here. Excuse me. Yes. Uh, Ms. Wait Trammell. one second. Charles, I need some help. On this one, I think this may have been a reduction that was recommended um, to support uh, an increase that may have been put into the budget. Is that right, Ms. Brown? Um, this reduction yes. was recommended um, due to the fact that in the last quarterly report, it was noted that future renovations were on hold pending future funding. Um, there was also no funding being proposed in the five-year plan for this project. Um, it was also um, considered for a reduction because there are two other library projects that receive funding. Um, one that's um, the uh, RPL library project um, account as well as the RPL library retrofit project. Both of those are receiving funding in fiscal year 19 as well as I believe um, potentially more funding in the out years. So since this main library project cannot move forward with renovations until future funding is provided. It was recommended to use what the balance or the remaining funds are in this project. And then if additional renovations need to be made at the Main Street Main Library, then the other two library projects could support those renovations. Okay. I, I understand the amendment. What I'm not understanding is Ms. Robertson's connection to it. Uh, if it's so, um, I'm not, I, I, if I recall correctly, when we put the CIP amendments in, we were also asked to find reductions, and this was a recommendation okay. to me from the staff based on the last, uh, as Ms. Brown has stated. Um, and so what I'm understanding with the sheet that is before us, under project amendment impact, these are the comments that we've received. Ms. Brown, if you would make sure I'm correct on this. Uh, these are the, this is the impact statement that we received from the administration as it relates to this recommendation for the reduction. Is that correct? Okay. That's correct. Okay. So we have this amendment uh, before us for reduction for uh, $93,930 for um, Main library renovations, and that's, I don't have the original description of this right here in front of me, but um, sounds like that's, that's not inaccurate uh, as to what we were, we were looking at. So do we have a consensus to reduce this line item by 93000 Mr. President. Yes. Is that the $200,000 that was left over from that roundabout on Belmont Road? Uh, does anyone from the administration want to Are we opine talking on that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, Ms. Brown. Uh, Councilwoman Trammell, this is not about the Belmont, um, but we will get back to those. Um, once we get through the rest of the reductions, we plan to circle back on the items that you guys had questions on last at the last one, and the Belmont is one that the administration provided more information on per the request of council. Okay. Here we are Monday morning, and... We got all this stuff going on, and we was not briefed. If you all got the answers or whatever, we did not get it last week, or we're just we're going to get it today. Um, I think Spank took that money out of my district, but then we found it it was used for something else or whatever, and wasn't not there. But yet, though, it kept showing up in the book. 
The administration provided responses Friday afternoon. I immediately forwarded all of the responses to council um, in my Friday email. Um, but per their response is that all the money that, um, I guess the 200 that was thought to be remaining for the Belmont project was actually used for the Belmont project, so there were no funds remaining. Okay. Mr. President, I want to see yes. the paperwork. I, I agree with what Parker's saying. This money is being mishandled, misused, and, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not happy with this. There was that $200,000. It was even out there in the street that that money was left over. Now we're being told the money was used for the whole project. I want to see the paper trail. I want to see everything. And if okay. not, I'm asking the auditor to audit it because I want to know where, how much... I'm I want sorry, to know about all of that money. That was in my district. Okay. All right. Yes, Ms. Uh, Ms. Gray. And we do have a budget amendment before us. So I'd like for us, uh, Ms. Brown indicated that we would come back to the roundabout uh, based on the administration's responses. So, and I appreciate that, Ms. Ms. Trammell, and I want us to come back to that. Ms. Brown has indicated that we would. I'd like for us to to stick to the ninety three thousand, uh, if we could. Ms. Gray, did you have a comment? And then Ms. Roberts. Yes, I'm having a hard time understanding how in a budget, and I, I do think this comes down to priorities and a strategy around those priorities, because this budget is helping to pay for capital improvements at the ballet. This budget is helping to pay for acquiring a building, renovating it, and putting a nonprofit there. But we're talking about reducing the budget for a public library that we are responsible for maintaining and providing to the public. I don't understand the logic of not taking care of our basics that, that we're required to do, but going out and finding other projects in the community that we're going to fund to a greater degree. It makes no sense to me. Charity starts at home. Why are we funding all kinds of other priorities and projects and not taking care of the needs of the city and the basics? Libraries have been around since ancient times, and they're important to our community. Why, why are we contemplating a cut in the library? But we just went through right. over a half a million dollars for projects that, to, to me, I don't understand the strategy behind. Well, and I appreciate that, but we do have this amendment on the floor. So uh, that's... That's our process of anybody. That was rhetorical. Can... Okay, thank you, <laughs> Ms. Robertson and uh... Mr. President. Yes. Um, I'd like to get um, clarification. Like I said, this is a recommendation from the staff to me, which I supported based on their recommendation that my understanding was that the funding, this was funding that was in excess of what the renovation was to be done. Uh, is that correct, Ms. Brown? And then, uh, you know, because I, I would not put in an amendment to cut funding from a project in my district, okay, um, 
by $93,000, except that I was advised that these fundings were above what the renovation has, that the renovation was done. So I want to get clarification on that because the comments back from the administration always come after we have done our amendment. So we never know what they're going to say as it relates to the impact. Uh, but historically, we can be confident that their impact statement is going to suggest that there's no monies available. I have not seen anything differently. Is, am I correct on that, Ms. Ms. Brown? Um, yes, because the last quarterly report, it, report stated that the renovations were on hold because they needed more funding and no funding was being proposed. And so since no funding was being proposed for the renovation and it said the renovation was on hold, it was recommended to use um, the remaining funds, um, especially because there's two other current active projects for libraries that are receiving funding. Okay. So this is an amendment on somebody for their own district. Uh, is that what? I didn't hear you. I said this is an amendment relative to someone's own district, the main libraries in the 6th district. All right. And I just want to make clear why that amendment was made. It wasn't made with any, uh, with, with the understanding of the impact that the administration has provided as of here. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Do we have a consensus on this reduction? Council President, yes. I'd like to just add, um, I don't support the reduction. I mean, the administration has said it will impact um, one of these rooms that could be servicing young adults or digital media. And while the main library is in the 6th district, uh, I'm going to articulate that the 5th district does not have a physical library in it and that the main library services quite a large number of 5th district residents, and I would not support this cut because uh, I think it would adversely affect my community. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Do we have consensus on this reduction? Yes. One, two, one, two. Okay. No consensus on reducing this, so we're, um, we're at zero on this as far as reducing it. Uh, all right. Are we, let's see, I'm on page 10 of 10 of the handout. Are we? done with the CIP amendments? Uh, no, sir. So um, there were, if you go to your CIP packet um, at the end of the amendments, we staff proposed some additional uh, reductions. Um, so if you go to, I'm sorry. Page eight of your CIP amendments, um, starting on P, or line item 74, um, Councilwoman Gray at one point had recommended these proposals um, but later withdrew. Um, and so since we received impact statements from the administration, um, council staff still put these back in as potential reductions um, to, for council to consider. Um, and the impact statements from the administration, those are listed on page 4 of 10 of the impact statements. The okay. council staff is still recommending to reduce the juvenile detention center um, by 193000 um, The planned original CIP budget only proposed, um, or the plan was only for 7000 The project still has um, a 
considerable amount of prior year funding available, and so council staff is proposing to reduce this by 193,000. Okay, of the, so this is, I'm sorry, this Page is related four on the to number 74. Yes, sir. Okay. So, and I'm not, I'm seeing 74 on, right, and on, on the, page eight. on okay. the administration's impact statements, those are listed on page four. Okay, of the same document. No, of the impact That's what statements. what I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so we can and, all have uh, that. Furthermore, uh, when this was also considered for a reduction, we received that as of December, the special fund for um, for courthouse maintenance has a had a balance of roughly about four hundred and forty-five thousand. Um, so that's why we've also made this recommendation. Okay. Thank you. Do we have a any comments on this one? We have a consensus on this reduction. I apologize here. I'm going to have to get better at that. Do we have a consensus Which, on this line item? It uh, is 74 and then 75. Is that what we're doing? Number uh, the juvenile detention center. Okay. Uh, that would be uh, number 74 on the list on the group before us. Okay. Ms. Robertson, Mr. did you have a comment? Um, I'd like to hear the. I understand that um, Ms. Brown. Could I ask? I'd like to ask Ms. Brown a question as it relates to the staff recommendation for the reduction and. Um, in response with that, a response as it relates to the administration stating that the security system upgrades. And what I need to be clear on, I mean, we just went through a lot of um, challenges, if I'm correct. If this is the juvenile detention center that is on Oliver Hill Way, uh, where we relocated uh, you from that building because of security issues? Um, And how does this funding, based on this administration impact statement, relates to the upgrading of that uh, facility and the challenges that we faced um, with not having uh, the place secured and having to relocate you? Okay. So my Ms. question Brown. is to the to our staff as it relates to the recommendation in response to the uh, administration um, impact statement with the security as to whether or not they feel that this those issues are addressed and we can make this cut. Council staff made the recommendation because the project still has about 1.3 million in prior year funds available. Furthermore, when this project was potentially contemplated last year and the planned budget, it only was recommending 7,000 at the time, and now it uh, increased to 100,000. On a third thought is that we also looked at the courthouse maintenance special fund, 
And in that special fund, they have a positive fund balance um, as of December of 445000 And so we believe that we could pos- potentially make this reduction and some of the special funds could be used as well as some of their prior year funding that is available to continue working on the project. So can we get an explanation on special funds to make sure that those funds are available for that use? Yes. Mr. Brown, are you ready to answer Ms. Ms. Robertson's specific question, or are you heading for other comments? A little bit of both, if I may. (laughs) Very, very briefly, if I may, Council President, um, Jay Brown, Director of Budget and Strategic Planning, um, that is correct that this project, um, the funding in the budget is for security for the juvenile domestic and relations courts. I know that they have some significant security issues. We do have Don Summers, Chief Capital Project Manager, who is available to answer any uh, very brief, specific questions on the project and what the funds will be used for. Also, it is correct that we, there is a courthouse maintenance special fund. There are um, standard operating procedures that have recently been put in place that the courts are have been using those funds for their facilities um, this fiscal year. So I know that they are using those those funds um, for the purposes that are um, deemed qualifiable within the special fund. But we do have um, Don, Don Summers who can answer specific security-related impacts to the juvenile domestic relations courts and to all of the courts. Okay. So... I hear that that this is a different budget item that is to be funded beyond um, the was it four million in the special fund, uh, Ms. Brown. I'm sorry here. Lots the last of uh, special fund in. report that we received was there was a four hundred and forty-five thousand um, dollar okay. balance as of December. All right, I added another zero. Uh, let me ask here, is, is that special fund to be used on all the courts? Yes, sir. Don Summers, Chief Capital Project Manager. Uh, this sir. particular uh, budget page is strictly for the juvenile uh, court. Uh, as you see, there are all individual uh, project pages for Manchester as well as John Marshall. One of our efforts has been to move forward with each of those entities to identify each need of those courts. And I'm going to introduce who we've been interacting with. Okay. Hey, good morning. Rodney Baskerville, Superintendent of Richmond Juvenile Detention Center. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, just so there's some clarity on this, the capital fund is separate from juvenile detention funds. So our funds that we're utilizing to upgrade our system that would be reduced would take away from our control room project that has to be um, completed to make sure that we stay within our mandate of the juvenile detention facility. So I just wanted to make sure that I stated that it's separate what the courts is using on their special front side according to what we use on capital. Okay. Thank you. We have consensus on this reduction or any further comments? Uh, no consensus on this. No votes for it. Uh, one, two. Okay, uh, if we can move to the next one. 
The next one is line item 75, which is also a council staff recommendation um, for reduction in the uh, Manchester Courthouse Fund. Uh, the original plan budget did not include any funding for this uh, project, and the 19 proposed budget now provides for a proposal of 300000 This is recommending reducing that by 146, which would still leave 154000 um, for that project. Okay. All right. Everyone Council President. Clear on that. Yes, Mr. Agilasto. Um And I don't know the cost of it, but I'll just mention that uh, in the last year we've been receiving some complaints uh, about ADA accessibility to the building and um, the fact that entrances, people go to one entrance and they're being redirected to different entrances that are a little bit further away. Um, and I, I don't know the full cost of what that is, but I do know that it's been a complaint that I would like to see addressed. Uh, so if this, if the available funding is there to accommodate that, I think that's that's fine, but I don't know the full scope of, of the proposed cut. Okay. It, the administration's response here says the delay of the start of the new security upgrade, which includes building access controls. I'm not sure that that, in my definition of accessibility. That's, it actually is consistent. Um, they don't have eyes on, I believe, the whole street entrance and where a lot of people show up and then they have to go around there's no way for somebody to know inside the building if there's a disabled person outside the building trying to get in or to even communicate to them to go around the building. Okay, so I'm sorry. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the verbiage on access. You're not referring to access in compliance with ADA. Some of that. Okay. All right. Okay, is there any consensus on this reduction? Uh, 146, one. Okay, looks like we uh, don't have consensus on number, uh, well, I've got it in this number 10 here. That's not the one here, but the Oliver Hill Courts Building uh, is uh, the no, next one. No, sir. Um, the next one you don't have an impact statement for. Um, we got this to the administration um, early Friday morning, so we don't have a written one. This is uh, the last council staff recommendation. Staff tried to go back through um, the CIP to try and identify additional funding for council. Uh, council, uh, each in your packets, you should have a sheet similar to this. Um, this is potentially the justification or the reasoning for why staff is making this recommendation. The We heard a lot of discussion at the last meeting about other projects remaining balances being transferred to the fire station buildings project. We went back through and indicated or saw that there is also a fire station renovations project that has prior year available of about 2.3 million. When we looked at the comments from the last quarterly report, it indicated that there was a decision made by the fire department not to renovate existing stations and request funds for new construction. Uh, based on that request, it appears that the administration has taken on to that request because there are several projects in the 
um, proposed budget to con- start looking at the construction of new fire stations. Um, there's a fire stations land acquisition project, a new fire department station nine headquarters and government center, and the replacement of fire stations five, six, 12, and 21. Uh, we would recommend leaving those um, proposed funding, but potentially since the fire department has made a decision not to renovate the existing buildings to reduce that prior year available um, by $1.7 million, which would still leave about 500000 in that renovation project. So they could still do minor, resi- minor renovations um, while they continue to look for funding to uh, do the new construction of the fire buildings in the out years. Okay. All right. Uh, Chief, would you like to address this one? Yes, I'm sorry, Ms. Clark. Council President, um, what page is the, uh, in the budget book is the fire station renovations on? Ms. Brown. See, Ms. Page 35 in the active projects. Okay. Ms. Larson, you had a chance to look at that. that. That was my only question right now. Oh, okay. But, Sorry. You're, but you're able to look at it. You have been able to look at it. Okay. Do you have any further questions based on that? Not right this second. Okay. Great. Any, uh, any other items on this one? Okay. Before the administration speaks here, I would like to maybe see if there's any consensus on this reduction so that we can uh, move along if that's what we want to do. So is there, I'm sorry, Vice President Newbill, if there's no consensus on this item, then I don't see a need for the administration to defend this item. Yes, Mr. Jones, did you have a question? No, Ms. Gray. Um, My question is around the funding of this and how much of this is federal how much is requiring us to match it and is it all general fund I mean it's all this is all CIP I believe that we're still on the CIP budget yes so none of the do we get federal dollars for these types of projects? I don't know that question. Ms. Brown, do you know the answer to that question? No. For fire stations, there's no federal? Not that I'm aware of. Not for this project. No, ma'am. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I meant to say Ms. Brown. Did you? I mean, do you know the answer to that? Uh, Mr. Brown already uh, answered it, that for this project, there is no federal or state funding. It's all local. Okay. It's all us. So have we sought state and federal funding for this? I mean, don't aren't there opportunities out there to help pay for this so it's not all a burden on the locality? Jay Brunegren, Director of Budget and Strategic Planning. We have Chief Card and Chief Taylor here who, who should be able to answer this question specifically for you. Okay. Chief Taylor, Richmond Fire, uh, Deputy Chief. 
there was at one time federal funding. It was a one-year ARRA funding source that allowed us fire station 17. Uh, since that time, there has been no federal funding that we've become aware of that will allow that. There is state funding. Um, that, that's federal, the federal question. Under state, there's federal funding that allows us to apply for funding to um, renovate or fix burn towers, um, but they don't provide 100% funding. We have supplied or applied for that, too. We've applied. Have we been rejected? We've actually gotten burn building. Now, there's, this is a long discussion. I know your time is, is, is short, but there are, there are several types of facilities in a training environment. The burn building is just one of those facilities, and they will provide funding for minor renovation and repair of certain aspects of the burn building. We have applied for and have received and used those funds. So other than that, there's nothing available other than our local? Not at this time, no, ma'am. Okay. Okay. All right. Do we have any consensus on reduction of this item? But, uh, yes, Ms. Larson. I have a question. So the, um, our staff is proposing a reduction of um, $1.7 It And you said then a half million would be left or a million? Because the prior year available in the budget book says 2.7. And is, is this the area where the... F- Fund balances of these other CIP projects have been transferred? The balance from the other completed projects, that went to not this project, but to the fire station buildings, which is a completely separate CIP project. Okay. The um, prior year available in the budget book as well as the 2.273. And so if we reduced it by the 1.7 that is being recommended, um, it would leave a half a million. Okay. And how much um, is, do, do you guys have a, a running total of how much is in the other fire station um, budget, including what the administration has told us that they've transferred? If you consider what's proposed for 19, um, what was prior year, what was spent, and also including the proposed appropriations for the out years, it would be roughly about $1.8 million. Okay. okay. Any other questions? Mr. Agilasto. Thank you. And this is a question from Ms. Brown. So how much of the closed-out projects that we identified that the administration then said that they moved? Uh, approximately 361000 And that's what went to the fire stations, correct? The fire station buildings account, yes. Okay. Thank you. All right. Do we have a consensus on this reduction? One, two. Okay. That uh, amendment has failed. Okay. Ms. Brown, are there any other items? Um, Yes, we need to go back to the items that members had questions on. Um, So in your packet as well, you should have the responses received by the administration. Um, It should look in a memo format. Okay. And the first item is their response, again, uh, to Councilwoman Trammell's question about where the remaining funds for the Belmont roundabout project went. 
Uh, per their response, is that all the funds were spent for the project and that there are no remaining funds available for use. Okay. Uh, Ms. Trammell, have you seen the administration's? Let's see. Ms. Trammell, have you seen the administration's response on this? This is on this handout that we received this morning. I made my comments earlier. I don't have anything to say. I'm sorry. I did not hear what you said. I made my comments earlier. I don't have, I don't have anything to say. Okay. All right. So the administration's response is that the project has been completed. Am I? No? Yes, that the project was completed um, and all the funds were used for the project, so there are no funds available. Okay, Ms. Mr. Trammell. President, I just want to say this. But now when we get those books, somebody better look at those books and make sure that that money, if it's not supposed to be there or if it's already been spent, that it's not put in there where we council members are at each other's throats because we think that it was there, and then we try to spend it in our district, and then we find out it's already gone or was, should not have been there. I don't understand how it was still left in there. And and when I thought it was there that I was going to use it, per se, for something else, like maybe the Jefferson Davis corridor to use it for the blight, um, because I'm getting so many calls about not only the trailer parks now, but also about some apartment complex over there, where I think that Channel 6 was over there the other day and interviewed some of the citizens, where they're getting eat up by roaches and, and children in, in these um, apartments. And then I found out the money's not there. Okay. Um, all right, we can look. Have we gone through all the CIP additions? I don't, have we? No, there's a few more other okay. responses. Um, right. Well, we can, I mean, we can look at that, Ms. Trammell, but relative to the point that was made earlier that this was only for the Belmont Roundabout and those funds have been spent, so to the issue at hand, I appreciate that you wanted to transfer this money that was remaining to other 8th District projects, and we certainly can and will look at that, but this line item was specifically for the Belmont Road roundabout. Does that make sense? And that the monies have all been spent, I'm assuming that, I mean, that's in your district. Is it complete, to your knowledge, the roundabout? I, I hear what you're saying. But the question, and we we had some comments relative to monies that were spent, it appeared, for things that weren't appropriated or at least the uh, intent of doing that. And so this one was labeled this way and it was spent this way. And I appreciate that the money that was left over apparently got transferred somewhere else. But we can go back and address that issue of the needs in your district. But the is that thought, does that make sense? I thought we said that the money. I thought you said a few minutes ago that the money that there was no money left over it was all spent on that roundabout. Now we're now you just said oh. that the money was moved for something else. Okay, How is I'm, money moved for something else if it was already all of it spent on a roundabout? Okay, I'm sorry, I misread that. So there, Miss Brown, to make this clear here. There is 
there's no money left or this money was transferred somewhere else if there was any remaining from my understanding no money was transferred um all the money was actually used for the project okay all right so yes so gray the question still remains and i don't see an explanation as to how this money the the lack of accounting and transparency for these funds how is it that we're not using credits and debits, checks and balances to figure out that this money that's showing up on these quarterly reports isn't actually there and it showed up for a continual basis. So the greater question is how many of these, how accurate are the overall reports if this is indicative of what goes on? Why aren't they being balanced? And I'd like an explanation on how that happened, how it continued to show up as unspent funds when obviously money had to be drawn down and paid, and there should be something, some link between the quarterly report and what's actually happening. Okay. That's understandable. Does anyone, anyone from the administration want to address that issue? So this isn't an amendment per se to the active budget. It's that, as Ms. Gray had indicated, that there was in the quarterly report stating that there was money remaining when actually the project was completed and all the money was spent to mine. Yeah, and how can we rely on these reports for accurate information if, if this is indicative of what goes on? All right, Mr. Brown. Yes, Jay Brown again, Director of Budget and Strategic Planning. If I may, Councilwoman Gray, um, there is a little bit of a lag time between each quarterly report and when the budget is presented. Um, the last quarterly report that was submitted to the City Council was on February the 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Departments and agencies and project managers are spending money in between that time frame. The part of the process is also um, we send all the project managers their projects with updates to the budget, if there were any, to include any transfers. And we obtain their feedback on the budget and the actuals, as well as an update on the project. So with all due respect, was the last quarterly report February of 2016 or 2017? Because it's my understanding that this money was spent and finalized in 2017, right? And the end of... No, the last quarterly report was um, February 2018, February the 15th, 2018, a few months. So. But the, right. But the information in front of us says that it was completed in January of 17, closed down in March of 17. Mm -hmm. Seems like there's a serious lag time. Yeah, that's more than a year from... So if it's closed out in January of 17 and we're still getting reports in February of 18 saying that this money is still there and available, unencumbered, I, mean, I understand there's a lag and money's being spent, but if that project was closed out more than a year before it's still showing up on a quarter, quarterly report, how does that happen? Where's the process for accounting? 
We are working with the project managers to clean that up. Um, every quarterly report, we are working very hard to ensure that the information received from them is as accurate as it can be. And I can assure you that the quarterly report that will be submitted by May the 15th will show some of those improvements. So in addition to the lag in the reporting, can, is it fair to say that there's some accounting principles that are being missed if for more than a year $200,000 shows up as unspent and available when actually it's been spent? It's been encumbered, contracts issued, and it's been spent. Uh, Ms. Reed. Lenore Reed, DCAO Finance and Administration. Um, we do hear the concerns of council and the concerns of the mayor as well, and the mayor has given us direction to get that cleaned up. I just want to give you a teeny bit of the background as to why there is not just a delay. Some of the information is not as accurate as it could be. We do rely on the project managers, but if you recall uh, an audit a couple of years ago, we got a qualification in regards to CIP, basically project and grants. And we have a system that does not accurately capture all of the information in a timely manner. So the project managers have to do a lot of cleanup, and it's paper and pencil, and a lot of that, especially doing audit. And those are the issues that we're having, but we've been giving clear direction. And so we've seen this has brought that more to light. Um, when we have an audit, the auditors actually don't look at the system per se, but look at the paper and pencil and manila folders because that's what we had to go back to. So what we're doing now, um, um, Mr. President, is going back through that information and putting that information in a system as we do on an annual basis. And so there is a lag, and we apologize for that. And so when you're asking questions and doing the amendments, they're going back with the project managers, and they're going back through the folders to make sure that they have the most accurate and latest information. Okay, are there, I'm sorry, go ahead, Ms. Larson. Um, I appreciate that and working with us to keep it updated. I think um, that's a piece of it, but then this other piece is what we stumbled into last Monday where our staff had sent you all the information on closed-out projects where we were looking at taking the funds or, um, and then you stood in front of us and told us basically all those projects, the funds had been transferred, seemed like it had been transferred in the prior week or two. And then we're stuck in a place where we have the budget book we were given, we have the information that came with the budget book, but none of it's accurate because things had happened in 10 days prior to us discussing this. So, and I, I read through your comments back you know, in this um, response paper saying that the mayor has the authority. I get that, but it's it's not in the spirit of what we're trying to do here. Thank you, I apologize. I can't speak to that, but whenever I'm before you, I'm full transparent. Full transparency is my motto. I can't speak to that, but I do know 
that in regards to the numbers there and working with the project managers, they are providing the most updated information uh, to the Office of Budget and Strategic Planning at the time. And so when we got the request for the amendment, that information went back to the project managers who is closest to the project, who monitor and manage their spending on those projects and provided the most uh, updated information. Ms. Gray. So in saying that, I have several concerns with the premise that paper and pencil trumps modern technologies. I mean, the only thing more primitive than that is if we ask our project managers to chisel into stone their numbers. I mean, I can't under, I cannot for the life of me understand why it would take a year for this to be discovered as it's not a small amount of money. It's $200,000. So how many other $200,000 are lingering out there that have either been spent or not, but we, we just don't know about it? And if it's a systems issue, and it, and it continues to plague us on the, was on the single audit report. So I think beyond this, perhaps we need to have longer conversations on how we can get the books tightened up. Um, we shouldn't be relying on paper, pencil updates when we have computers and other technologies. Um, and I understand that these systems weren't implemented properly, but this is several years in, and we're still seeing the same issues. So um, I share in the concerns about us finding money in the budget, and all of a sudden it gets snatched up. I'd like to know if there's a date when that got encumbered or snatched. Um, was it prior to when our budget documents went over? Um, or did they all get snatched up that evening? Um, so those, those are two separate issues, but the accounting piece is a longer, harder conversation, and if we can't de depend and rely upon the information we're given, how are we doing our jobs to account for public funds to the people who elected us to be here. Thank you, Ms. Gray. Um, I heard a request in there to have what was submitted in the budget and then when the transfers were made for each line item where the money was when we discussed that item spent. Is that, is that a fair interpretation? That's fair okay. and correct. All right. So... Fair and correct. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, Ms. Brown, if we could make that request to the administration. For those projects that were completed and then was indicated that the amounts were transferred, we did ask for a request um, to get a copy of the system report that shows the date of those transfers. The response we received is basically to go into RAPIDS, into the grants super user awards, um, and unfortunately council staff does not have access to that, and so we're unable to pull that. Okay, that is a completely unacceptable answer. I think I speak on behalf of council. We need that response as to when we don't have access to a system and you all are saying that we need to find it there. Um, I'd like to hear 
from administration as to when we will get this item. Not if, but when. We can get that for you very shortly. I'm sorry, Mr. Brown. Very shortly is not a time. Okay. How about the next 10 minutes? Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Okay. Uh, Ms. Brown. Yes, the next uh, follow-up item we had was uh, Councilman, Councilman Trammell, Councilman Jones, and Council staff recommended a reduction of 652000 collectively for the streets, sidewalk, bikeways, trails, and ramps project that was listed as a completed project. Um, we recommended using all the funds, but if you remember last week, the administration had indicated that they wanted to use 495000 of that for the police training academy. Um, council had, at the time, um, did a consensus to still take the full 652. Um, the administration provided some of the requested information back to council, and it's here in your responses. Uh, one of the questions was, has the money actually been spent or encumbered? Um, they have indicated that the 495 has not yet been spent or encumbered. Uh, they also re- provided, um, I believe you guys want to see a cost breakdown of the actual project to see how it was coming up with the 495. That's also included in your responses, and there's a table um, in the packet that gives a cost breakdown as well as pictures. So for purposes of this, uh, we need to get an understanding from council if they still continue to want to take the full 652 or to reduce it by that 495 to allow for that funding to be used for the police academy. Okay. Let's see. So, so we have 462 in a reduction request. We have a total collective of 652. Um, the administration would like to still use the 495 for the police academy, which would leave um, council to be able to use 157, unless council wants to use the full 652. Okay. All right. Are we clear on that, Mr. Brown? Yes, sir. Mr. President, I was able to confirm the answer in less than 10 minutes, but that transfer was done on Monday, April the 16th. That was last Monday. Um, that, was, that was when the um, letter was authorized by the mayor. And I will, if I may, very, yes, very briefly state that the administration in the city is always continuing to identify existing resources rather than incurring new debt. And so we knew that there are lots of needs, but that was when the authorization um, took place. All right. So, okay. yes, Ms. Gray. So I'd like, um, maybe not in 10 minutes, but if there, the list of all the items that the administration said they had already transferred to other projects, I would like to see um, the dates that those requests Um, were made and when the transfers were made because I understand that there are other priorities the mayor has but in respect to this body and the monies that were discovered by our staff as remaining funds for capital projects that are important to us as a city for those funds to be snatched up to say they're no longer available 
during this process is, is really not being the most honest and, and collaborative partner with city council. So um, I'd like to know the list of all of those that we've gotten responses that say these funds have been. If I made that list, you were provided that on Friday, that's on the third page, the listing of all those it projects. Gives, it gives the dates when they were. And the dates, again, was Monday, April the 16th. All of them. For, for those five. So after, after we said this money's left over from this project and we'd like to spend it on X, Y, and Z, they were grabbed up and said they're being used for other items. I would say that it was approved, it was finally approved in the morning of Monday, April the 16th. That would be, I'm sorry, Ms. Gray, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, that's fine. So that was one week from today? Yes, sir. Um, Ms. Brown, do you have a comment on that? Or, I'm sorry, somebody, am I missing? Okay. Uh, do we have, I'm sorry, Mr. Ms. Larson, President, go ahead. Um, okay, so those were approved one week ago before we discussed, all, I assume the morning of or during the day, why we were actually discussing that. So I, I think council needs that for context. Um, so with the, in respect to the one that we're looking at right now, I think if the mayor sees a priority, he has allocated funds for new projects for this upcoming year, I think he can reprioritize his projects. And I think this council can either sit here and decide we're not going to do any CIP projects, or we can get together and try and find a little bit of money for some things that we know are needs in our district. We, what happened in this whole process is extremely disappointing, but we have some things in front of us. Are they easy decisions? Absolutely not, but I know I have needs in my district. I mean, I, I, these are, this is the, the detail level of local government that we see representing these districts. And we need to support each other throughout this process because it is not, there is not a collaborative environment right now regarding this funding with the administration. Thank you, Ms. Larson. Um, well, I would share that that sentiment. I'm sorry, Ms. Robertson, do you have a comment? Um, yes, I do. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I agree uh, with my colleagues that, you know, once we get this budget, um, we rely upon this document and our support from our staff and others to make decisions as it relates to reappropriating amendments, those kinds of things to make things happen for us throughout the city. And I, I would hope that there is a p 
policy process that we can put in place that would prevent monies being moved uh, that are considered as surpluses in any projects after we've received this budget document, and I'm working with the attorney to see what we can do to make that happen. What I would like to get from the staff in one clear uh, descriptive, which I'm sure I have before me in all of these papers that are here, uh, of those amounts of dollars that were transferred as of Monday last week and asked the council to go back and revisit those those dollars amount. Okay, if we can, I think we got a list on this paper, these papers that we were submitted as to when, well, I think we, we've got an answer as to when they were all transferred on April the 16th, but Ms. Robertson, your question was the itemized ones. Is that, I'm sorry, was that your question? Okay. See exactly what those projects, the amount, and I think council needs to go back and revisit those. Um, Yes, Councilwoman Robertson, those are listed on page three of the memo document, and it goes on to page four, so there's a total of five projects. All right, if someone can help me find this in front of me, that'll be helpful. Is this a document here that you have in the? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Let's see. Our staff has just indicated that we gave these budget amendments or those were made available to the administration on April the 10th and then the money was transferred on the 16th. Is that accurate, uh, Ms. Brown, if I described that correctly? Um, yes, sir. We provided the reductions to the administration for impact statements on April the 10th. Okay. Does anyone from the administration have comment on that? If I may, Mr. President, members Absolutely, of Mr. council, that is correct. Um, I just want to, um, which I'm sure that everyone knows, just to reiterate that uh, um, during the transfer, uh, there's not a date that precludes a transfer. Um, however, we hear the concerns, but wanted to make sure that um, we were clear on what happened. So. Okay. okay. I appreciate that. And I, I think Ms. Robertson's... Uh, proposal on changing the policy on that um, certainly will get my support and I would dare say uh, it would get most of council's support. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Brown. I believe that is a charter provision, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking to, uh, to the city attorney to confirm that. Yes. And I understand that to be the case as well, that it is a charter provision, mm -hmm. but I also think that there has to be some provisions to the degree that the attorney will advise us, that's the power that council has. Um, because in all due respect, I do think that there has to be a demonstration uh, of a willingness of the administration based on what they send us in this budget report. If there are going to be changes made in that interim, 
there should be a better way that we get that information. Now, we may can't stop them from doing that action, Mm -hmm. but we can at least know that that action is taking place and why it's taking place and why it hasn't taken, why it did not take place before the budget was presented to us and any other legal advice that I will get from the attorney and uh, to stay within our provisions of the charter, uh, but also to respect the fact that you know, um, I think councils should, we should expect that if changes are going to be made after the publishing of this budget that we are made aware of it. And I don't know what, what to what degree we can do that, but I will certainly work with the attorney and others to try to make sure that we clarify that. The other thing that I would, would like to suggest um, with project management if there is, a, and whenever we do a project, whenever I do projects, whenever I do development, I have a schedule of activities that I'm going to take place and a cost factor that goes along with it. And I think at the end of the year, when there's funds that are still on the book that have not been expended and we, uh, you know, we got to keep them there for projects, it's difficult for us to evaluate the progress of the projects because we don't have a line item Um, Not that we need to get down in the weeds with the line items, but if we have funding and a schedule of activities that are going to take place with costs, then that would help us evaluate throughout the year if we're staying on track. And that's another uh, amendment or tax amendment or ordinance that I'm going to be working with the attorney on as well. Thank you. Uh, Let's see, Ms. Gray and then Mr. Jones. I just want to um, just state for perspective that our budget and budgeting process um, in collaboration with the mayor and the administration should be a trust-building and collaborative opportunity. And um, this is an administration that's going to be coming to us with some major requests and projects north of Broad Coliseum Complex project. And we're supposed to trust that process that hasn't really been shared with us when we're here scrambling over what's less than $600,000 and several hundreds of millions of dollars, probably more than a billion dollars in capital projects. And we're, we're here asking for Six hundred thousand dollars, two hundred we found out was already spent. So it's it's kind of silly to do this kind these kinds of things when we have very important projects and priorities that our constituents have constantly begged us to get accomplished for them. So I hope that we can remember how we're being treated in this trust building process when other projects and requests come before this body from the mayor and his administration. Thank you, Ms. Gray. Mr. Jones. Mr. President, um, no longer new, but the way I understand this process, this is our opportunity to get our projects in. Every project that's going to be listed up from 1st through 9th from the administration, they all have merit. No one can sit and argue the merit of an administration-proposed project or a council-proposed project outside of it being something of an emergency. 
uh, something of a dire need. Outside of that, everyone's project has priority. The question is, how bad do you want it? Do we want it bad enough as a council to say we will support each other and appropriate funding the way we see fit based upon the information provided to us by our staff? Um, and then will we hold serve, if you will, on the direction that we desire to go in our particular council districts? With this amount, I, I, I'm sure there's a need at uh, the facility. They say there's a need uh, uh, with the Richmond Police Department. There, I'm sure there is. And we've supported RPD. We have. The last, we, you can never say that Councilwoman Trammell doesn't support police and fire. She does. With every fiber of her being and every action she takes on council. Um, but the project that she has listed for the 8th District is a need. And I hope we get that need fixed and filled. The one that I have in the 9th District, Broad Rock Park services the 8th and the 9th District. And I hope we get that one filled. The only way we can do it is by reallocating those funds, which is our, within our scope of power, to do. So we are going back and forth at each other with, with I'm not going to say harsh feelings, but we can solve this as a council, Mr. President, that if we would support one another, have open and honest dialogue, and reach some understanding as colleagues, and then we move forward as a collective front and stand on what it is we desire for the people who voted us in. I appreciate everyone on the administration side. There's only one person over there that was elected. The rest are employed. The nine of us, we are elected. And we are elected based upon our efficacy. So I hope the level of council's efficacy rises. My charge to staff has always been find monies that are not allocated, that are not in use. That, and, and, and Megan knows this, safe dollars. That's something I always talk about, find me safe dollars that I can easily defend in council chambers. So I don't have to argue with colleagues so they don't have to go and say that Councilman Jones is taking money from their district. And so the administration cannot say the same thing as well because I respect the work that they're trying to do. If there are dollars that are there, that we can safely reallocate and, and be great council members and colleagues in partnership with the administration, I say we do so. It's not personal. And so there's no reason to be mad with each other. There's no reason to be mad with the administration. We have the authority. Use it. No hard feelings. Not, we're not, I'm not trying to get back at anyone. At 
the dais or in the administration. I'm not. I'm just trying to get work done in the district, in the city. And so I support my colleagues and the work that each of you have done to identify projects within, um, within your districts. Would love to have known them a while ago, discussed them a while ago, so we'd be on the same page moving forward. But I'm willing to stand with us. I only have one vote, and I'll use it for us to move forward. I have one vote that I'll use for the administration to help them in their work because they have a tough job to do as well. So with that said, can Councilwoman Trammell and I keep the 600 grand? Well, here's, here's what I would suggest, and, and I'm going to call on Ms. Robertson here after I have my brief remarks. We can say, as a council, these items are our priorities. Go back to the administration and say, this is what we're going to pass. So uh, administration needs to come back to us with the uh, line items that they are going to cut in order to balance this budget. That, to me, would seem to be fair. That's what we've done in the past. And particularly with monies being transferred, absolutely legally, council has the final say on this budget with the mayor's veto, which we can override uh, with six votes. So, you know, that's, we've, that's what we've done in the past. Said so These things are absolutely, you know, not negotiable from our perspective Please go find the money from whatever items. And the fact that the money was spent, some cases 11 months ago, um, I think the argument could be made that this budget wasn't balanced when it was presented to us, which is also a requirement. So I'm not going to make that argument. I'm just going to say let's could be made. I'm not making it. But let's move forward. Let's huddle amongst ourselves or we can go through this list, but I would ask that everybody look at this is a have to. This is a nicety. This is an absolute have to. And then we go back and say, you know, this is, we're asking the administration to, to balance this budget. If they come back with things that we say, well, you know, we don't think that we want that money, then we can negotiate the list. But um, that's where... I think that's a perfectly legitimate and, uh, quite frankly, you know, not only legitimate, but uh, probably the most efficient way to go about this to get to the bottom line. Ms. Robertson. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, again, I agree with my colleagues. I think that... Um, we have a duty and a responsibility to our prospective districts for the taxpayers that come to us and expect us to take care of those things in our district. And we get a budget from the mayor that I assume is a balanced budget. Um, and I wouldn't think that it would be anything less than that. Um, but I also know that our amendments may, our district needs and amendments may not be included in the mayor's budget. 
And so this is our opportunity. So I would like to reconsider the um, the funds that have been moved as of April 16th, which total 361000 um, which is not a lot of money, um, to be reconsidered and put back on the opportunity for us to use those to help support our district needs. And would like to ask for a consensus on that. Okay. Um, let me ask one. Qu- oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Agilasto. No, that was just a consensus uh, oh, show of okay. hands. <laughs> You're ready to vote. Yes, sir. Uh, let me ask the city attorney one question here. If, if it is legal, excuse me, not if, it is illegal, it is illegal for the administration to transfer monies to other projects. After that money has been transferred, uh, however, is that money available for council to then reappropriate that money uh, during this budget process? I would have to get the language. I was reaching for my copy of the charter when you started asking the question. Subject okay. to confirming the actual language within the charter, I would say that so long as the money has neither been expended nor encumbered, then council is free to reappropriate it. Okay. I got a feeling we're going to get a lot of money spent in the next little bit here. I'm trying not to be cynical, but the uh, evidence that has been presented this morning puts me in that frame of mind. Uh, Would we, uh, you know, there's plenty of things that are legal that, uh, you know, that necessarily aren't helping collaboration as uh, Ms. Robertson said once, I'm trying to compromise with someone on a particular issue, and, and she said, I don't see you walking towards me. Um, I think that aptly sums what I feel. I think that might be reflective of the body. So, um, so, so we can do this. I mean, we can't pass the budget, though. I mean, we could pass it today. Uh, but then, you know, if the monies are spent by the time we do get around to passing the budget, as I understand what the um, what uh, Mr. Jackson had indicated, then is there any recall? I mean, there's we can, you know, look at other items. But is that as we sit here today, if we indicate that something is not appropriated, uh, excuse me, not encumbered or not spent, but it will be between now and the time that we, or it could be by the time we pass the budget, is that legal? The actual language from the charter says the council shall have the power at any time to abandon or to reduce the scope of any project in a capital budget to the extent that funds appropriated, therefore, are unexpended and unencumbered. During the course of a fiscal year, council could, at its um, at its discretion, either strike a project or reduce the scope of the project. But during the course of the year, you could not spend the money that you have freed up without a recommendation of the mayor. During this process, though, 
you are free to do that. Okay, thank you. That's quite clear. Do we have a consensus on uh, what I suggested earlier? That we look at, I'm sorry, Vice President Newbill. I just want to be clear. The amount you're talking about is 361000 Is that correct? That is. Okay. And so we have across council districts more than that amount that would be needed on a yeah. project. So yeah. does your recommendation include some prioritization amongst council and amongst the administration? Some I'm looking at beams looking like they're about to drop. Uh, Councilwoman Trammell is talking about a round of that might be a safety issue. There can't be simply 361 won't get to the majority of the projects and no prioritization, both with the administration and with council, would leave the same challenge. Right. So is there some proviso, some condition? Where, where are we with this? What I'm, Just trying to get clear. What I was going to recommend here, and I am recommending, is that we uh, talk not more than three at a time, uh, but or we can go through this process and say these are our absolute have-to-haves. And then we can go back to the administration and say, what are you going to cut? Because we're going to start to cut to get our priorities. And they may not be the cuts that the administration wants. So we're collaboratively throwing that out there. These are our have-tos. And then... You come back with some answers to our have tos. And if we don't have a reasonable response on that, in our opinion, then we're going to start cutting to balance our budget. Because that's our requirement to present a balanced budget. We are, as I said, asking the administration to come forward with their recommendations based upon our priorities. That what do they have to cut? And then we'll roll with it. I think that's completely appropriate. We did that in the past. Let's do it now. So we can go through these items, look at a half-twos versus, you know, as uh, the former uh, mayor governor said, necessities over niceties. So uh, let's look at it that way. Do we have a... I'm sorry, Mr. Addison, and then if we can look at a consensus on my recommendation, Mr. Addison. Uh, thank you, Council President. So I have been listening to a lot of these priorities and needs and issues with the current process, and I just, I'm just i a little confused, it seems, from my understanding of how this works. I understand we're trying to target money to fund projects that I think we all understand, we all have our needs. Um, to improve infrastructure, to improve facilities, to improve things in our districts. And I feel like there is a, a kind of a missing piece right now. I feel like Parker, uh, Mr. Agilasso mentioned, made a point earlier that these funds can only be used for projects we've already approved. They cannot create a new CIP project to fund without our approval. Is that correct? So with that, with these funds that are, it seems like they're waterfalling from a completed project into completing other needs as they might be approved already in the budget. So is a, if a project's delayed and it's kind of lasting longer and pushing other projects further down, once it's complete, then we use that same funds for other projects that fall within similar abilities. It seems like we could work on these needs of our districts in a more strategic manner that falls into understanding that as these funds 
might become available. They're used to make these other projects started or completed or finished. Rather than having to shuffle the deck right now, and I know we have needs and priorities. I'm not arguing with any of the things we're looking at. But it does seem to be like we're not willing to make these decisions to cut certain things because they are pulling from our own districts. The monies and funds we're looking to move for these projects are coming from other people's places. Why? Because I don't want to stop projects going on in my district to help you know, someone else's. And that's just natural. It seems like what the things we're looking at here doing, I feel like need to be part of a, a bigger strategy of what city council asks for the administration to give a timeline for. When are we going to get to my sidewalks? When do we get to my streets? When do we get to the improvements of my facilities and buildings that I have in my district? And I think that with this, this conversation now is I don't have an answer for those whens because if we keep moving projects around this way, that thing's never going to come up because there's going to be a constant priority shift as we keep doing this process. And it seems to me I'd rather set the deck of cards and play the game the way the funds are allocated for infrastructure, for facilities, sidewalks and streets, and we know our district needs and we work on prioritizing them based upon need with the administration so that as these funds roll over, they're building upon the plan we've already put out. That way we're not worried about not doing something. The plan's already been agreed upon. And if we want to tweak it year upon year, we do that before the budget so we're not competing about what I think are some of these, they are a good amount of some money, but when the projects are rolling over, we know that they're rolling into something that we've already approved upon and the plan is happening and we're having that communication. I feel like what I'm listening to is a misunderstanding of what's the best way to proceed to get things done that we want to get done without it becoming a fight, with it being that we all know our needs, we all have our, our desires to improve our district. Getting that thing done is what I want to fight for. And I feel like I'm, I'm just hearing a lot of these, these conflicts, and I, I want to make us work together as a body of nine, supporting the needs we have collectively for the same priorities. We all share the same priorities, just different territories. And how can we make that plan work together? And I feel like right now we're just going to continue this bickering about what is really, unfortunately, a good amount of money, but really not. Our CIP budget's huge. And I want to see that things get done effect effectively and efficiently rather than bickering over making sure my project gets done first. Because I'd love for my project to get first, but I'd rather get it done than fight about the timing for it. So I'd like to propose we also look at, and I'm not trying to counter any proposal currently, but that we look at finding a way to improve this conversation of planning, understanding what is a sidewalk plan? What is a paving plan? What is the maintenance upgrades for certain buildings? And where does mine fit into that for all of us? So that I know that as money comes up available as projects end and terminate, that we're either over or under a certain project and it's rolling into the next one. We're just continuing down the plan. I'd rather work a plan that we work on together than fighting about what we might be confused about, what money is left over or not left over. So that's just my point in clarification of what I've been observing and as I've learned through this process of being on city council, that I'd like to contribute to the conversation. Thank you. Okay. So we would like to work collaboratively, and I, I believe my proposal was collaborative of these funds that our district priorities are going to exceed 361000 I'm pretty confident in that number. Um, but it's just the... Uh, what I would suggest is that we um, that we move on to the next item, but come back this afternoon with our half twos, and then let's just go forward. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, politics is about conflict, uh, and we can make that as as difficult as we can. Not not from a retribution standpoint or anything nasty. We can disagree with one another in agreeable fashion, but uh, 
you know, we're not going to agree on everything. But given where we are right now, and as I said, we've employed this process in the past. It's not like we're going into uncharted territory that we uh, look at doing that. So uh, I would ask for a consensus on that process. Coming back, looking at the items that we may have put in the budget and say, well, you know, I really don't have to have that. Uh, We can put that off into another budget year or whatever we want to do. But for everyone to take a good hard look at your have-tos in CIP and go back to the administration and say, what is your idea for cuts? Because we're passing these. Uh, does that sound like a process that folks could get behind? Can I see a consensus on that? Qu- yes, what Dr. Is your, Newbill. Okay. I, I just guess for me, are you ready, Mr. President? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had a comment. I'm I right. was. I was what you were Oh, okay. Engaged, do we have so a I was consensus what, on... No, I do have a comment. Oh, I'm so sorry. So it is Go not ahead. clear to me when you say we're going to clearly identify our priorities. Right. And then come back in the afternoon. And then where is the opportunity for the discussion with administration? I didn't hear that. Were you suggesting that somewhere in there there'd be a discussion? I'm just trying to get clear. No, I'm not. What I'm suggesting is that we come back with our priorities and the administration come back and they can say, we're not approving any of these or we're not approving some of them or we refuse to give you any guidance on that. That is certainly their priorities. Excuse me, their, they can do that if they want. What I'm saying is that given the current situation that we employ the process that we have in the past, which is these are our priorities. These are what's going to get six votes. So we're asking you to come back and reprioritize where you are based on the fact that our amendments are going to get six votes. Now, somebody could get weak in the knees and decide that they don't want to do that. So that's what I would ask is that we Absolutely look at our priorities and then come back and say, we need a balanced budget. These items are going to pass. We need you to, to come up with your cuts. If you don't cut up, come up with those cuts, council will. Yes, Ms. Gray. So in a perfect world, I would 100% agree with that. But as we know, several districts were left out of the initial capital proposal we sure uh, were moving forward so um and i i think that it had less to do with the worthiness of particular projects and and what they were meant to accomplish and more to do with who supported certain initiatives politically of the mayor and his administration so um there are several major projects as i've said um Abner Clay Park has been on the table for more than a dozen years without being fully funded. When I see other areas of the city getting funding for parks and renovations that were never even contemplated when Abner Clay Park renovations were being discussed. So, um, 
Yeah, I would agree with that, but the folks who have really benefited from the favor of this proposed budget by the mayor need to acknowledge that favor and that they are seeing a lot of money infused into their districts for things that wasn't there before. All right. I, I too, got zero in the CIP budget uh, from the third district. Uh, but that's, you know, we'll, we'll revisit that, but I'm asking for consensus on employing the process that we have in the past. So I'm asking for a raising of hands as to who uh, are willing to support that process, to come back with our priorities and then uh, look at them all, approve them all, or throw some out, and then we go back to the administration and say, what would you like to cut from your budget because we're pretty sure that these are going to pass? Any... Mr. President, yes. I just have a clarifying question. Yes, sir. I, Ma'am, <laughs> I apologize. I totally get where you're going. Yes. And I feel like we did this with the operating budget last year, and then the administration came back, and we weren't comfortable with the cuts they made. And so um, I guess I'm apprehensively open to it. Um, but I also don't want us to put ourselves in a time crunch where we decide, okay, these are our priorities, and let's say hypothetically they total $2 million or something, and then the administration comes back and says, okay, well, this is our $2 million in cuts, and you know, then we have issues with what they're proposing to cut, and then we have to, propose, we have to approve the budget in 48 hours or something. You know, I, right. I'm a little worried about the timing of it all, as well as um, just putting that out there. I, I mean, I get it, but I'm, I, I, have, I have a little right. bit of reservation about it. Well, when we set our priorities, We've got to assume that the administration is going to come back with some cuts that we may not like. So we've got to, as plan B, look at items that you know, we feel like that, that, that were proposed that we have to have. And then we've got to come up with some that not so much. Uh, at the end of the day, right, the budget was proposed, but we have final say on it. But we... we you know, we're asking for collaboration and cooperation. If we don't get any, mm-hmm. or we get some, which I'm hopeful that we would get some, but we're not going to agree necessarily on those cuts, and we'll just have to make those tough decisions. Right. Our uh, timeline is the 15th to pass everything, but we only have to pass the school budget by then. I don't want to separate those two, and we can have as many meetings as we need to have to meet the 15th, but legally we have until the end of the month to pass something. Okay. I just want to mention one more thing. So when we were going through the cuts last Monday, um, there were several that um, got four four consensus. So I feel like there there are some, if we as a council are going to revisit, then that's 
of starting point. And I don't know if any folks who did not support those via consensus at the time have different feelings now. Um, if they do, I would love to hear from them because, you know, I did spend time going through the budget and looking at the cuts, and it was a thoughtful process. And um, I'm not trying to eliminate funding from totally from any um, projects in this book, but I do think there's areas we can cut. And I also think, you know, if the administration is going to continue this practice of um, when we submit our proposals, if this happens again next year, then they, you know, take the money that we're proposing using, then maybe we need to look at a blanket 10% cut to all new CIP projects. Maybe that's a way to ensure that we get those extra funds on the front end instead of missing our, there is no opportunity. I mean, I can't even say we miss the opportunity because were that those funds could be encumbered like right now as we speak. Right. And uh, in addition to supporting Ms. Robertson's uh, uh, ordinance when it's forthcoming, uh, I'm going to ask that we, in our legislative package that we put in a charter change uh, as well. So, uh, Okay, do we have consensus on the item that I reported and Mr. Agilasto is seeing the chamber? Um, okay, do we have consensus on this process and then we may have to have a re-vote if <laughs> Mr. Agilasto is, is going to make the difference? Are we, any consensus on that, Ms. Gray? Are you, are, are you, are you hearing, I'm sorry, what I'm proposing? I just I know there's a sidebar, an extremely important one. I just want to make sure that everybody understands what is on the table. Can you restate it? Absolutely. That we would pick our priorities relative to our districts or any other. It doesn't have to be to, to our districts, but just to say this is our these are our absolute priorities. And that we ask the administration to balance the budget based on the priorities that we throw out. If they don't want to do that, then we'll have to make our own cuts in order to make these happen. Regardless of the, I mean, we're just going to have to accept the impact that the administration says, and we may disagree on the impact. Well, I think we make the cuts. I mean, I, I think the opportunity, because we submitted our priorities before the mayor submitted the proposed budget. I mean, that was the process. We were asked what capital projects were our priorities. We submitted those, and this is what we got. I mean, I know I was asked to submit that stuff. Right. So why go back? Because I mean, to me, we're doing the right. same process over again, expecting a different result with the threat that we're going to make cuts it's our job to make the cuts. Let's just do what we have to do. Okay. If All it's right. a priority, it's a priority. If it's not, then don't make the cuts. Okay. I think that we individually submitted our priorities, and the mayor 
proposed a different priorities. What I'm saying now is we're coming back and we're saying these are our priorities collectively and that and that we're going to cut the budget if if we don't get a counter proposal saying that they want to cut the budget. Bless you. So what I'm asking is can we at least look at that process, and if it doesn't work, then we'll come back to what you had indicated, that we're going to make these cuts. So collectively, we have prioritized. No, what I'm asking is that, that we individually, talking with one other council member at a time, come back and say, these are our absolute priorities. But and we're going we to stick to those. I mean, we just ranked all of these. We just, we just, we, 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 we just, we, sorry, members. Um, members went through and ranked the general fund. We have not discussed the increases for CIP. If I am understanding correctly, is that Council or President uh, Hilbert wants this afternoon to come back, go individually through each of the members' increases, decide here which ones are an absolute priority and or which ones don't appear to be a priority at the current time, and then once that list of increases are agreed to by all of council, that list would go to the administration requesting them to balance those items. If the administration either comes back with them balanced great, and if not, then council will then continue to go through to get them balanced by making additional reductions. Is my understanding that correctly? Yes, that is. Okay. So, I'm sorry, do we... That's... I'm agreeing that that's what I proposed. Is there any questions about that? So, we're... What's on the table? We're being asked to meet individually with eight other members. Well, we can't have a public meeting if we don't, you know. I believe the proposal is that when we come back this afternoon is that we will go through each member's increases and discuss those, and council will then take a consensus of which ones they want to keep as a priority. I mean, you don't have to talk to anybody, but uh, I'm suggesting that if we we discuss with one another that these are our have-to-haves, and we can get five votes for those, then then we we do that. Uh, that I, but we've got to do that in the uh, by not causing a public meeting uh, to occur. So that's our that's our legal options. We can wait and put them up here individually, and the council member can say, "Well, this is a have to." I'm just saying that let's speed this process along given that we have had 20-minute discussions on some of these items. that I mean, you don't have to vote for it as a consensus item. Uh, do we have consensus on my proposal here? One, two, three. I'm sorry, Ms. Robertson, did you have a question? One comment. I would, I would also ask that when we come back and make those priorities, that the collective dollar amount of those priorities that we would ask that staff to go back and look at their recommendations of sources of funding to consider that we've um, validated that are available 
would be made available, would be suggested as options to, for those cuts if the administration doesn't come back so that they would also know what we are planning on cutting to reach our priority dollar amount based on our staff recommendation as well, so that when they come back to us, they will know what that five vote is both ways, priorities as well as source. Okay. Thank you. We can do that. That's going to be a a tougher... We're asking that... Okay. All right. Okay, so... That's an Sorry. amendment to what I asked for, to both come back with half-twos and cuts. That's what we were requested to do for CIP items for this process. Yes, Mr. Addison. Thank you, Council President. Um, I'm just concerned a little bit about us putting, going back to the table, putting these projects out when we haven't fully vetted them through when they fit in the priority of what's being done with the other budgets. Are they designed? Are, is there a capacity in which to do these? What's already in the line? Because I know that I've had my project delayed because the volume of work through some of our contractors has been to a point where I had to wait in line to get completed. And that's for like a, a speed bump or a speed table. And so going through these little things that are in the budget to be done are indicative based upon design, based upon staff, based upon the availability of our contractors' volume of work to get it done, sometimes even weather can impact when they can get these things done. And I'm just concerned that we're putting a new list out when we haven't, we don't know if it's even capable of being done in the next year's CIP budget. I know there's things I'm just concerned about us doing this, going back to doing this process again and not really getting to a point of understanding, is this even possible? Is the amount right? Is the um, expected way of getting this implemented going to work? Because that's important for us to make a good decision of supporting each other's needs right, right now. And I think well, that's kind of my concern is I don't know if we're going to have all that information by, what, 1 o'clock? If we, and that's a tall order, but this is our one bite at the apple, I would say. We can appropriate this money. We can put in text amendments indicating that these aren't suggestions, that these are, uh, that, that these are mandates. And... Uh, so that's, I think that's the solution here. I don't think we'll ever have perfect information. And I'm really asking for people to go and scrub your list. Uh, so that's what I'm asking. And I would like us to have those in mind, Ms. Robertson, but let's just to make this task the easiest or the most efficient relative to our half to additions, then we can go, we're going to give the administration an opportunity to come up with the cuts, but let's, if we can keep those cuts in the back of our mind, but I'm, I'm afraid that if we have to come back with cuts in this very short period of time, that that's not going to be feasible. We can think about them, but I think we're going to have to, we can go visit the cuts after we put our additions in. So... That's a, that's a process. Mr. Jones. I, I just want to throw this out to the body as well. Um, I mean, just as we begin to talk about uh, uh, the, the equity within, uh, uh, w within the city, 
and where dollars are spent and how dollars are spent, there are districts that just simply based upon where they're located, uh, they'll have more attention from a budgetary standpoint than other districts. They're just things that inherently are happening in different localities, or I should say in different parts of our city than other ones. And so my, my concern would be I, I would not want to see uh, uh, dollars just moved uh, 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 on the spur and not to look at that citywide and the impact. So, and, and I'll just pick on Andreas because he won't get mad at me later, um, that if something goes on in the first, if he spends 500000 over there where there's already investment, there's already infrastructure, not to say they don't have needs, but there's already things there, whereas in the ninth or the 8th district where we don't have as much infrastructure, where we don't have uh, the history of dollars being spent, uh, we lose equity. Uh, uh, within that process. And so I, I just want to throw that out there. As, as we're looking at particular projects that we want personally as council people to look at this from a greater, you know, from, 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 a, from more of a macro approach to the concern of a particular area receiving more funding on top of what they inherently receive. Because, again, based upon where some of our districts are, they get more attention right. from budgetary dollars. And that, that, that is my main concern. I don't want the 8th and the ninth to be left out simply because. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on, Ellen. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. That. Yes, Ms. Robinson. You, you, everyone has their opportunity to make their case. This is mine. This is mine. I, I represent the ninth, And I've committed to the 8th because of our proximity and... Half of my folk go to her meetings anyways. <laughs> so, but, but, but again, I want to make sure that we're not left out in the reallocating of dollars because we're holding the administration accountable to having one city. And so there will be budget years and should be budget years in which the 8th and 9th, we receive more, not because we're in favor with anyone. Right. Uh, not because we voted a particular way, but simply because there are things that are needed on the south side of our city, which includes the fifth and the sixth. Right. And so it, it does. So, 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 Mr. President, as you embark, as we embark upon this type of process, hmm. I hope that we would keep that in mind, uh, that as we look to reallocate dollars based upon our discretion, that, again, do we lose a checks and balance on making sure that we are one city? Right. Thank you. Uh, Mr. President. I think there were some of us that started out at zero. Uh, so we may or may not. I'm not going to be, you know, it's not going to be time to go grabbing something. I'm really asking. And you may not get something passed if it's going to be considered by your fellow members as a nicety. Um, so, Council President. Yes, I'm sorry, Mr. I just Addison. wanted to add a point for clarification. It'd be nice to make sure we understood what federal and state dollar program supported projects that might be included in this list 
are excluded because they're kind of really controlled. And I don't know if we have that information currently in this list. So I just want to make sure I ask that because we need to make sure we know what can and cannot be moved because some of these cannot. Well, okay, we could have some ramifications of that, but... You know, to me, that's going to have to be the administration coming back. There are projects where we don't have federal money in them. Uh, And they have the opportunity to look at that list and say, well, we can't cut that because we've got matching dollars, but we can cut this. But I think this process uh, has broken down. Uh, I, I think we got to, or I've never been part of a council that didn't get the budget passed on time. And this other process seemed to be, while not perfect, one that uh, that worked. So I'm asking us to to look at that process because where we're going right now isn't getting us where we need to be. So uh, are we, do we have a consensus on this item of, looking at our absolute have-tos and then uh, coming back and looking at cuts or asking the administration to do that. Anyone else? Okay. Are we? Okay. We've got one. We've got two. We've got three. We've got four. Yes, I'm seeing a lot of sidebar conversations and people really want to vote for this. So is everybody clear that we're voting for a consensus on looking at our priorities, asking the administration to come back with with a response on cuts, keeping in mind that we're going to have to cut if they don't come back with the cuts that we want? Okay. So we've got one, two, three, four. We've got four votes. All right. I'm sorry. So, all right. We're just going to go through this process that we have in place now. Do we, uh, we're going to adjourn here at noon? Okay. Does everybody want to go 10 minutes early? Do we have a consensus on that? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to take priority and call this uh, meeting adjourned. <laughs> sure. Well, but if you can get her off of a bunch of the other stuff, then the, yeah. Well, I hope I hope she gets another good one for Yeah. Tell her to call me. I'll talk to her about it. I'm 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 happy with it. For me, it's been a blessing. For me, it's been a blessing. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not shy about it. I don't, I'm not, you know. <laughs> right. All right, well, let me catch Tim before we get started here. Oh, no problem. Thank you.
always a win. Can we get everyone to agree?
Council members will take their seats. We'll begin. We are um, seven minutes behind schedule. Thank you. Okay, we are back in session. Um, let's see, um, Ms. Brown, I think we're looking at the increases to the CIP budget. We're going to do that on an individual basis. Do we need to do chamber evacuation announcement? Uh, no, no, sir. Okay, we um, did that earlier, I think. Right, so I believe where we left off is that uh, council would like to start going through the increases. Right. And so the f um, Mr. Addison did have an amendment but uh, actually withdrew that. And so the first uh, increase that we have listed is for Councilwoman Gray for Abner Clay Park. Okay. Ms. Gray, you are on. 
uh, Abner Clay Park increase. Okay, so Abner Clay Park, um, the Jackson Ward historic Jackson Ward community. There was a committee of folks uh, 12 years ago who sat down with representatives from Parks and Rec to design a new park. That park didn't get funded for several years, and when um, the, there was funding provided, folks came back and said that this project that we thought was going to cost less than a million is now over four million dollars, four and a half million. So um, at that point, the neighborhood decided we're going to scale this back tremendously because getting some kind of renovation is better than no renovation. So they scaled that project back tremendously. And um, currently, so much less frills, and um, we still need funding to complete this majorly scaled back park upgrades and renovations. And, and for the most part, it will make the park more accessible. Um, we currently now have an accessible playground, and we'd like to make the fields and other parts of the park more accessible. Um, the, um, uh, Ms. Gray, I had a question. Uh, do we not have... So there is funding elsewhere in the budget for Abner Clay Park. This is a supplement to that. The funding that is currently in the CIP for Abner Clay Park is not enough to complete even the first phase of the renovation. Okay. Um, and speaking with the director of Parks and Rec, um, he um, plans to try to pull money from other projects as they are completed to be able to make up the difference. But that's just the initial phase of the park renovation. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Are there any uh, items, uh, questions, comments on this one? Uh, Mr. Agilasto. Well, the only thing that I want to make sure I'm clear on is we're going through increases now. How much did we identify from the decreases? So, I mean, I hate going through these and then you overspend your means and then you're back to have to do it all over again. Uh, do you need a little time, Miss uh, um, Brown? I can give a number of what council has agreed to thus far, but there were some projects that um, we were still supposed to go back to to actually decide if it was going to be reduced or not. Um, since we didn't do that, I don't have an exact number, but I can at least um, do for what council has agreed to thus far. Thank you. That would be helpful because I don't think we even have $500,000 to appropriate. <laughs> and so I don't want to waste anybody's time by going through these and saying yes, 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 and then be right at square one again. Right. Thank you. I, I thought we were at 1.4. That I may be wildly optimistic, but... And I think it's fair to get this number before we vote on any increases. No pressure.
approximately 2.4 million. All right. Thank you. 2.4 million. Yes, Ms. Gray. Um, I'd like to also add that um, the new playground at Abner Clay Park was donated by a resident and historic Jackson Ward, and the surface to make it accessible was provided by Richmond Public Schools, who shares that property with us, and um, con in conjunction with the plaintiffs um, to make ADA accessibility on all the playgrounds. So. Um, none of our city dollars have been used to leverage that project. Um, we had over 150 volunteers um, through Kaboom install the playground. So um, we're looking at 300,000 in materials and probably I don't know how much more in in-kind labor that's already been leveraged. And I think that it would be helpful for us to be able to make a commitment to getting this park done. Okay, thank you. You've got you've got two point four, um, but you're you're going to ask for the. I mean, I'm, I'll throw out the five hundred, and if and then we'll throw out the possibility of if that's rejected, any lowered amount. Is out that of, fair? Out of two point four million. Right, we have two point four million, and you're requesting five hundred. Thousand. I mean, you might as well go for it, and then we'll come back to it if it doesn't pass. Yeah, we pass. can come back to it. Okay, great. Any? Uh, yes, Miss Robertson. I just want I want to get some clarification on the uh, budget for the park. I'm looking at under the uh, active projects on page six. Um, there's no proposed budget for. 18, 19, 20, but it's saying that the total project is a million dollars and 750 from prior years and prior year available. So the total amount at any one time that's been appropriated is 750 is what I'm understanding this to be. And there's no? Okay. So. Several hundred thousand dollars have already been spent before we even got to the scaled back project. There were reiterations of designs and engineering work that went in. So I don't know if you have the balance of what's in that account, but this will bring us forward to be able to finish the first two phases of this park renovation. So money was spent on a design that we had to move away from because we didn't have enough money and no one came back and asked for the additional funds. The decision in the community was to scale it back so that we could at least get some inkling of a renovation. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Uh, do we have a consensus on this matter? Uh, people can... Signify by raising your hand uh, as to support for it. One, two, three, four. Ms. Larson, I'm sorry, are you? Five. There we go. Yes, I'm sorry. We are missing two council members. If someone wanted to call, we're skipping the, those individual council members' um, uh, line items until they return. 
but we did get a consensus on this one, so that one passes. Um, if we're short on some, we can revisit them. I appreciate that there's two council members absent. Thank you. Miss um, Gray, you're up for uh, Scott's Edition Green Space. Okay. Um, again, this, um, this appropriation would be to complete a pedestrian bike green trail, uh-huh. a green space for the Scott's Edition neighborhood. Uh, that would run alongside the CSX tracks. And um, there are developers who are doing their portions of the track adjacent to their properties. Um, this would go under the boulevard and, and continue on. The Science Museum is also developing a portion of the track. So this would be the city's portion. Um, we do have money um, currently in the budget that will start with the feasibility and design process and all the engineering. Um, having said that, the, um, we got specs last week from CSX. They require a physical barrier between this walking track, obviously, and in the, in the railroad tracks. So um, there are costs associated with putting that barrier up. Um, they have relinquished a, a spur, and they're allowing us to make this a reality. So um, I think in light of all the private and state contributions that um, this is an opportunity that we need to take advantage of and move forward with. There were 700 residents roughly in that area just a few years ago. Now they're over 3,500 and we're getting several more apartment complexes, so it's going to grow to more than 5,000 people, and they have nowhere to walk a dog or to get fresh air and spend outdoors. So um, this would allow for that, and it would allow for safe passage under the Boulevard Bridge to the new Whole Foods and the museums, the Children's Museum, the Science Museum, et cetera, and, and back and forth. So. Great. Thank you, Ms. Gray. Are there comments, questions Council, on this President, one? I do have a yes, question. Um, you know, there has been a proposal on the table for doing a, a greenway and rails-to-trails conversion in South Richmond ever since the days of Doug Connor on City Council. And it's been a formal study, and we have submitted several times to the TPO. It actually is very highly ranked at the Transportation Planning Organization for uh, federal funds for transportation planning uh, alternatives. However, it requires cooperation with CSX, and I know in my five years on council that CSX has not been the most cooperative uh, in that. Uh, And so knowing that this plan has been on the table for quite a long time, I'd like to get more assurances from CSX as to what this looks like because in some ways this is, in my view, jumping ahead of another project that has been fully evaluated and has been presented for grant funds and has been in the queue for quite a long time. Um, and also in an area that doesn't have green spaces from South Richmond, it connects the Jeff Davis corridor from Model Tobacco where there are, again, lots of new housing developments going in uh, back over to Southside Plaza. So I, it's hard for me to support something like this when I know that CSX has not been uh, the most supportive to date, and um, I'd like for more formal uh, information before weighing this. Yes, uh, Ms. Gray. 
So if I might, um, I have had the opposite um, experience in working with CSX. They have been nothing less than cooperative. Um, they show up. They have given us the information. Anytime we make a request, we get information in a very quick way. And I ask that we not punish one area because we've gotten the plan and we've been able to move forward um, with the easements and things that we need to make this project possible because another one is being held. I will work just as hard to make the south side walking track a reality. I just don't think that this should be held up because the experience might have been different on that. And there, well, there may be other, there may be other factors um, with respect to the rail traffic and other things that are preventing that from moving forward. I don't know. Um, so it's really hard to talk when comments are being made while you're speaking. But um, I'm willing to work to figure that piece out, but I don't think that this should be held hostage because of that. Thank you, Ms. Gray. Ms. Trammell? Yes. Thank you, Mr. President. I agree with my colleague um, because I know that a lot of people have been trying to reach out to CSX about the tracks over there at Hopkins Road. They finally got them halfway done. But um, just this weekend, they were over there in my district on Floral, which is off of, um, Belt Boulevard, and they were trespassing on people's properties. And when the neighbors went out there to ask them what were they doing, they said that they were surveying it because the high-speed rail was coming through there. And those citizens have been calling me because they're very upset. They didn't know that this high-speed rail was going to be right, right in their backyard now. And they said they had not, nobody has been, you know, communicating with them or anything, and they would not have known this if they had not been at home and saw them on their property surveying it. And why they were doing that, I don't know if they're going to take their land. I don't know. I've not been informed about what they're going to do, especially in that area. So I, I agree with my colleague. I'm sorry, which, Ms. Gray or Mr. Agilasto? Okay, yes, I'm just, Mr. Agilasto. I, I'm, like I said, um, I know what it's been, and I think that there is a new future for our relationship with CSX. Um, I just would like for more validation where this is in the process because it is it's a f fairly significant amount of money. Um, I did not know it was a greenway concept because I've heard my colleague talk a lot about wanting a park in Scott's edition, and this is labeled more as green space improvements than a greenway. So I didn't know what her intent was until I've just heard this. But I know that there's a lot of stuff that CSX uh, requires of us from the city and one of the simplest things, um, you know, is environmental studies. Um, and I know David McNeil had been working with uh, CSX on other projects. And, uh, you know, if he's got anything to share on this, I think it would be helpful um, because I, this is not necessarily the easiest uh, CIP project because it requires third-party approvals uh, to get off the ground. And I know where that's been. Okay. Uh, any other uh, Vice President Newbill? Yes, just a uh, question, Councilwoman Gray. Did you say we do have access authority from CSX for yes. the project? Okay. We have it. Um, we 
um, have started the surveying process. There are um, projects underway with the private developer as well as um, the Science Museum presented their project and concept to the Scots Edition Boulevard Association just a couple of weeks ago. So this is something that is happening on those other fronts, and I think that for us to be able to get this accomplished, it would be a good faith effort on the part of the city to connect it all. All right, great. Any further questions, Ms. Yeah, Robertson? If I'm looking at this correctly, we there is a recommendation from the administration uh, from the mayor's budget of three hundred and ninety-four thousand, three hundred ninety-five thousand this year in the budget, and this amendment is asking for an additional five hundred. That three hundred ninety-six thousand was for this current year's budget. That was from the sale of the. Blue Bee Cidery, and that's a portion of funds needed to complete the project. The Blue Bee Cidery was a parks and rec facility within Scott's Edition that was replaced with a cidery. So it made sense to try to keep some recreation funding in the area to make this project a possibility. Okay, so... I'm not sure that I completely understood that, but it's 396 in the current year's budget mm -hmm. that was used to purchase. No, land. that was the proceeds from the purchase of Blue Bee ah, Cider. Okay. So the proceeds are being applied to the project as okay. well. Great. All right. Do you have a consensus on this item uh, to increase for uh, the Greenway in the second district? Uh, one, two, three, four. Yes, one, two, three, four. Sorry, we don't have consensus on that one. Um, any offer an amendment to that, a lower amount, or no? It's not an offer. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting, why don't we go back to that once we get, if we're over the the one million seven, I'm sorry, the What's the total? Two million four, two more. So if we're if we're over that, then we can come back and visit these. Or I'm sorry, if we're under that, then we can come back and revisit this item. How's that? That work? That works if um, if I would be allowed to, um, if it's not funded, be allowed to revisit okay. the Abner Clay Park project and perhaps. Do a compromise. Split some of the money okay. between the two. Great. But. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We're going back to Mr. Addison, and then we can come back to me. Mr. Addison, are you ready for your amendments? Or I can go ahead, and then we can come back to you. You mean the ones I removed last week? Yes, the ones that are on the board here. I think they're on the board. I'm looking. You have... Uh, they were, but behind you. Oh, zeros. I'm sorry. Those are the street lighting for. Um, Correct. Okay. Then I'm up. Okay. The first one, um, let's see, for me is land acquisition for parking on Brooklyn Park Boulevard uh, in the area around it. We uh, have funded 
uh, parking garages for parking districts, uh, or at least one um, in the city years ago. Uh, we need some surface parking on Brooklyn Park Boulevard. The sidewalks cannot be extended. You can't walk three abreast to rent down this uh, uh, corridor on the sidewalks. Uh, you have to go in rows of two, expanding the the uh, uh, the uh, the sidewalks out would crowd the parking that is there uh, now or possibly take out a lane of traffic, which is completely unacceptable given that this is a major thoroughfare. Uh, so uh, we do need to buy some properties either in the alleyway. Uh, there are some blighted homes uh, that are the first house, both south and north of the uh, uh, of this corridor and so we could buy some parking in the back or we could buy vacant parcels now or parcels that have uh, structures on them that uh, are questionable as to whether they could be salvaged. So I'm asking for um, uh, some monies to purchase land for these parking lots. Any? Yes, uh, Ms. Larson. Um, so is the half million dollars, do you think that's a accurate estimate if they're, or if it's a blighted property, are you including like demolition and actually building a surface lot or? Yes, I think, I mean, I know this is going to be a multiple year probably project, but it, um, I think we're, you know, we have one surface parking lot behind a building on, um, that's at the corner of North Avenue in Brooklyn Park. Um, and they're trying to be cooperative, the owners of that parking lot. It's uh, near an ABC store as well. Uh, but with the corridor continuing to grow and the parking requirements being waived for development along the boulevard, I just think we really need to look at some surface parking um, along this this area. So yes, it would include if we buy parcels in the alleyway or the homes that are in the alleyway that are blighted. This would include demolition of those houses. Okay. There, Ms. Gray. So um, have, and I know that that parking lot I'm very familiar because I go to the shoe repair shop right there and then exactly right. there's another parking lot for the dollars family dollar dollar general there is and then there's a parking lot for the library right there right and then but there's no I guess the family dollar does own that parking lot and I mean if you know, the merchants can get an agreement that people can park there, that would be great. That is starting to get some distance from the businesses that are closer to Chamberlain Avenue. Or I think you get the Garland, which is the first block uh, from North Avenue west, but then I think you're starting to get to Haynes and to the other streets. It's just going to be difficult to to expect people to walk that far and that those parking lots will be of the best 
uh, use of that. And again, a cooperative agreement must be, um, you know, a leasing, I guess, of those spaces by the other businesses in order for people to park there. And my only concern, and it's not to pick apart this whole idea, but... Um, no, that's fine. The, I mean, I'm, I'm open for debate. No, I mean, along North Avenue, there's another dollar store. I can't remember which one is Dollar General. Or it's Dollar General. They the have Family a, Dollar is closer to North Avenue. So they have a large surface parking lot in front of their building. I'd say there's maybe 20 spaces there. Okay. And the one by the other dollar stores, rarely ever, I've Probably never seen it. 50. Right. And I've only maybe seen at the most 15 cars in that lot at a time or so. So I'm just wondering, uh, and we're contemplating removing some residences to create parking for the businesses. And there there just seems to be inconsistency with what I believe to be the master plan and um, the idea that, you know, these parking lots are not the most attractive. There's a big no, they're not. There's a big parking lot in front of the sub shop along Brooklyn Park that fronts it's the, the it's property. The Da Vinci's. The uh, Da Vinci's. There's a major yes. setback there. Mm-hmm. Just as far as the overall comprehensive plan, is this project consistent with what we're trying to accomplish over there? Because you could be hurting the area and the land values if we're tearing down residential to put parking lots. And, you know, I know on Fendall, houses are now being listed upwards of a half a million dollars. So, they are. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just well, wondering if... Right. Um, and I, I hear that. Those are very legitimate points that parking lots are not attractive. I don't think there's an, enough residents there that although you know they are buying very expensive houses and we want to make a walkable community for those residents but i'm concerned that that the there's just not enough density around there to be able to sustain all of those businesses so there will need to be parking for people that come from other areas i mean nobody's going to walk from even Inter Park Terrace, which is there at Chamberlain and Brooklyn Park, all the way down to more of where the businesses are located. And I'm certainly open to if some of this money could be used to entice those current parking lots in conjunction with the businesses to maybe purchase those to help lease those spaces so at least those spaces are um, available in legally, as opposed to people possibly getting towed. So, have you worked with the planning department at all not. on this? I've I've talked to Public Works about the feasibility of putting parking lots behind the building, uh, but that's that's it. Because I would I would be more comfortable with. Uh, overall, if it fits into the overall comprehensive plan, then to, okay. you know, it seems like a good solution to an issue in the short term, but long term for what's being contemplated there, I don't know. So it's hard to say, yeah, it's a good idea to tear down residential 
and make available parking for these businesses, but okay. that may be hurting us in the long run. Okay. Right. Any further comments, questions on this one? Do we have a consensus on this one? Okay. Let's move to the next one. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Miss Larson. I was going to support it. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I think we're in the minority. <laughs> okay. uh, let's see. Um, number 12, the uh, paving and infrastructure. I know everyone needs that. I have blocks that where the curbing uh, actually has caved in to the point where from the um, from the surface parking or excuse me from the street that there is standing water there uh, causing a health hazard uh, I put this in the budget for a number of years um, and so I can give you a some detail on this I want to say it's and I'll provide you with the specific blocks but I believe it is the and don't hold me to this but I think it's the 2000 block of of Northumberland uh, where this water's just been standing for years and uh, so that's one of the streets and uh, now we have others Westbrook doesn't have any curb and gutter on the south side of that street that's Highly traveled, uh, so and that's going to that's going to take some some resources. Yes. So, um, for with respect to sidewalks and paving projects, I notice a lot of council members do make requests for specific projects. But I'm wondering, are these things that are on the current? Paving list, and have they been prioritized? And if so, where are they? On that list, are these new things that have come about? Oh, I mean, is this something definitely not new? Uh, but is this with something respect to the other? One? Well, the two projects that I mentioned are not new, and they've been in the they've been uh, asked for previously and been uh, not sustained by by council for these requests. So they've been asked for by by me by the council. Have they? Have you made the request to DP? W and have they? I have met with DPW regarding the first block. And, well, I'm sorry, both streets, and they've indicated that uh, the funding for Westbrook would be a multi-year project uh, at best. They, it's really because we've crowned the street so much that it the curb would have to be higher. So this would take milling down the street and maybe doing it block by block uh, in order to to make that happen. So this would be a multi-year request for curb and gutter. Probably, then I will say, the most traveled, heavily traveled corridor that doesn't have curb and gutter on both sides of it, So is this, north of the river. Is this on the list? And I don't know if... I know I've learned that sidewalks, are, there's some kind of rating system where they're prioritized, but are the paving projects prioritized that way for the entire city and where does this fall on that list is it did somebody from the administration address that I know is it 20 years don't have the list is it five years is it in front of you is it next week that this would end up getting done good afternoon council bobby vincent director of public works um, the way that we've been doing the paving projects is that we've been paving neighborhoods and doing major thoroughfares. 
um, and that one block um, increments at a time. That's the way we've been doing the paving program. And they have been prioritized based upon the PCI or pavement condition um, index rating. So is this on that list? Northumberland, an upgrade to Northumberland would not be on the paving list, no ma'am. And what about West and Westwood? Westwood Avenue. Curb and gutting, curb and, curbing and gutting, yes. curbing and gutter for Westbrook would not be on the um, paving list. It would have to be an individual project. Okay. So those types of projects never make it on the list? or Not for paving, no ma'am. They can make it on the list if it's placed on the list as an individual project, but not as an um, overall paving or overall sidewalk project. So am I, I'm just curious, am I supposed to be finding those projects in my district and doing the same thing? I mean, are we all supposed to do that? I, I thought, I mean, honestly, I thought that all of these things, ultimately, if you were hearing from us about issues that somehow they get some attention and make it somewhere on the list, even the, because you have the ability to say, hey, this is really bad paving here, but we can hold off on that for another year or so. But this one, you know, is a huge liability or is creating issues, so we better take care of it now. That's not how it... For issues that's deemed an emergency, we certainly can um, work, work on emergencies. But for issues that are clearly throughout the entire city of Richmond, um, the priority list is typically longer than the amount of funding um, that's appropriated. So those things never even make it on the list. So I wouldn't say never. I would say that it's not on the current one. So it's squeaky wheel, squeaky council person. Is that how? No, ma'am. <laughs> Typically dealing with requests that come through our offices as well. Okay. Thank you. Okay. My one last pitch would be that my district got zero uh, in the CIP budget. Uh, this is... Uh, uh, 300, excuse me, this is 300,000, which is approximately one-eighth of the 2.4 million that was allocated. So that's my last argument. Oh, I'm sorry, Ms. Gray. Okay. All right. Consensus on this item. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take off, given the earlier conversation about upgrades to fire stations, these are the two fire stations in my district, so I'm going to leave that up to the administration to figure out which ones are in the worst shape. And I want to say if you have not visited a fire station, uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's These need a lot of help. So I'm going to remove that one as well as... Uh, we've already discussed the reduction in the police headquarters, so I'm going to remove that one as well. So, have we? Did we not discuss the reduction in police headquarters? I thought we did. We had discussed the reduction, and that was one of the reductions that received consensus. Oh, okay. Well, then check. We don't need to go through that one. All right. Um, let's see, Mr. A Mr. Addison, yes, well, I want to go, keep going back to you, but we're completed with you. Ms. Larson. Um, I'm just going to keep my top three requests and hope that my colleagues 
support those. Um, and I'm going to remove everything else, even though they're all really needed in the community. Um, there's just clearly not enough money, and there's not a will to dig further into the reductions. But these top three requests are all for traffic studies for infrastructure in three different areas of my district. Um, it's safety, uh, traffic safety, as well as pedestrian safety issues. All three of the studies have come um, requests from the community. So I ask that you support um, number 17, number 18, and number 19. They're three different areas of the fourth district. And then all the other items can be deleted. I'll take those Thank off you, the Ms. table. Larson, for that uh, generous proposal. Let's see, we have any discussion? With one caveat. Yes. Um, 17, 18, and 19. Um, the, what will happen, we all know with a traffic study, is they come back with recommendations for infrastructure. So I will be back next okay. year. Fair enough. Asking for support on things that come from the study. So um, because of what's going on this year, I wanted to be mindful of our time and reduce my other requests, but know that that I would like to see you all work with me in coming years when we have more CIP funding, hopefully, to okay. put in the, the needed infrastructure. Thank you, Ms. Larson. And I happened to be in that area yesterday, and uh, they are needed. Absolutely. Is there any other questions on this one? Yes, Mr. Jones. I, I support the studies being done. My, my only question is, is CIP the place to get this done? Because I know we've talked about it before, whether or not we should use debt to fund studies. And so I, I fully support it being done. My question is, how do we get it done? Is it CIP or a, uh, a general fund issue? I, I so, Mr. President. That, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so, I, and just FYI, all these studies we've talked to traffic about, um, they have indicated to me that they can come from either pot of money. We've talked to legal about it, um, and he's double-checking on the matter. But I believe that traffic studies have been funded through CIP funds in the past. They have. And they're, they're certainly necessary to tee up the project, so. All right. Any further questions? We have consensus on this one? It's consensus, or is that a question, Ms. Gray? Okay. Quick comment. Um, quick comment is that um, when these studies are done, I would hope that there is some um, effort on the part of the administration to seek out any grant or regional transportation funding opportunities that go along with that before we have to come back to trying to track down money within just the city dollars. So, um, Absolutely. so that noted. would be my hope that okay. we work together to Great. try to identify as many federal, state, and other grant opportunities and funds that we can before we... Right. Okay. okay. Consensus on these three items? 
Okay, we've got a consensus. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Larson. Uh, Mr. Agilasto. Thank you, Council President. Um, as you all can see at the top there, um, my biggest priorities, uh, uh, well, it's also there at 33, have been to put in for our citywide needs. Um, frankly, we know from the city audit reports for our more than a decade that uh, we continue to underfund the repaving program citywide. And I really don't like the idea that each council person is going to come in, we're going to nickel and dime $100,000 here, $500,000 here, when, frankly, the city was supposed to have completed a full inventory and assessment of all roads and sidewalks to then begin a prioritized ranking of which sidewalks that we could meet. I think the standard was a, a grade B, was the metric performance measure they were using. Um, the audit report said that we need to be funding our road repaving program annually at no less than $10 million, or we will continue to fall further and further behind. Well, I think this year's budget has maybe less than $3 million, maybe two and a half. <laughs> it's a key function of our government to make sure that the roads are in good working condition. You know, and I go back to the, the ambulance authority, and I, I apologize for picking on Chip Decker, but he's concerned about exposure to his ambulances and wants to put a canopy over them for $500,000 when probably repaving the roads and fixing the potholes would extend the life of his equipment longer than having a roof over them. I just say that because that's where the wear and tear is happening, not only on him, but it's also costing the city substantially in our risk management by paying out claims. So I put it there for you all <laughs> to remind yourselves of what we need to be doing and what might be the best use of our dollars. Sidewalk projects, again, $750,000. I believe the threshold was about a million dollars. might have actually been $2 million. I can't remember all these audits that we keep getting, but I do remember to think about them at the budget time. Uh, the paving of Bird Park Streets, um, you know, that's... Mr. Agilesto, we've usually taken these individually, oh, except sure. when they're related, as Ms. Larson's were. Do you want to? Do you want to take an up or down vote on all of your requests? No, we can start at the top. Okay. All right. Very good. You've heard Mr. Agilesto's uh, comments regarding the sidewalk projects. Are there any? And these are citywide. Citywide. Okay. Uh, any questions, comments yes. on those? Yes, Doc, Vice President Newbill. Uh, Mr. Agilasto, have you been in conversation with DPW? First of all, let me go back. You said these are citywide, is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And any conversation with DPW in terms of plans relative to sidewalks thus far? These are not specific plans. This is to fully fund the citywide program that has been underfunded repeatedly. There are numerous requests for sidewalk repairs and road repavement throughout the city. There's just not resources. So there's no earmarking at all on those top two. It's just to, here's your number one priority. How far down the list can you get with that amount of money? 
Okay. So, again, I was just trying to be clear if we had conversation with DPW, and they've indicated that 750000 and then $7,500,000 will get us to the goal. Is that what you're saying? No, the goal is going to require probably 10 times that amount of money. Okay. I was just, okay. Okay. Yeah. Very right. good. Um, yes, uh, Ms. Gray. So I think that we need to be thinking about all these unfunded, very risky things that we are not taking care of when we add to the non-departmental budget for entities outside of what the scope of our job is here as as a municipality, when we add to the capital budget for other very important things but that aren't legally required for us to do them. Um, These are things that are continuously plaguing our city. I mean, people being injured on our sidewalks, cars being damaged with potholes and, and poor paving. We are paying out claims, and it is our responsibility to maintain and fix those things. And we are, we are finding all kinds of other really important needs that aren't our responsibility to fund. And I think we need to rethink that. If this is our priority, let's make sure we're getting those taken care of before we start doing all these other things within Great. the city. Uh, we are at... No, I think we're just discussing the sidewalks for 750. Is that correct, Mr. Agilasto? Is that the way you wanted to do this? We were going just at the 750, or were we taking the first two? Well, I thought you wanted to go one by one. I do. Okay. Uh, Ms. Larson. Can I ask a question about the sidewalks? Absolutely. So I know um, we had put some money into the sidewalks from the fund balance. Um, I don't stay abreast as much on the sidewalk spending because I don't have a ton of sidewalks in my district, but does DPW or any other council member, have you heard how if the funds are being spent, if projects are moving along on the list? I, I know it's like I think they had backdated get- for a decade or something crazy like that, but... And some of that progress um, of spending that money for the sidewalks was delayed simply due to weather. Now we're getting into better weather, which is the springtime is more of the construction season. So I think you're going to begin to see more work. Uh, We did see a project that was um, a carryover from last fiscal year, 2017, finally get completed. So I think there is you're going to see more progress. Are there any other questions or comments? Mr. Jones. Yes, ma'am. Uh, thank you, Madam Vice. Uh, just just a, a comment, more or less, especially as we begin to look at numbers uh, this, you know, this large. Um, are we robbing Peter to pay Paul? Are we moving, are we taking funds to put here, and where is the 7.5 and the 15 going to come from in another area? And so, and, and, and how, do we, how do we go about doing that? I don't know if that's a question that needs 
so, be answered or, or comment. So, I'm happy. so let, let me, just a point of clarification. We're taking these individually, as I understood from the president. So, Mr. Jones, the first item is the 750000 So that is still your question. Is that correct? Just want to be clear. I'm sorry. I thought we were on the 7.5. I'm sorry. No, it's the 750000 though it still may be a relevant question. I can see where it still might be relevant. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Mr. Angelesto, were you going to comment? I, well, I was going to simply advise of the process that we were instructed to complete, which was balance out our our capital budget amendments. What you increase, you must also find decreases. Well, the council spent however many hours last Monday and this morning going through those decreases. Most of mine got nullified, so now you got to address my increases. I had balanced it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it made sense to me, <laughs> but okay. uh, we're now, you're being asked to consider this increase for citywide repaving based on an audit finding that is a priority for every constituent in the city of Richmond, and your car, and my car, and the ambulance cars, and the police cars, and the fire station cars, and all these things that are going around <laughs> And I don't know, you know, robbing Mr. Peter to pay Paul, that's not the intention, but it's about priorities. Thank you. With that, uh, Ms. Brown will call for consensus. Ms. Gray, the... So yes. just a question to um, the, the administration on these projects. Number one, do we have the priority list for both sidewalks and paving? And with the current amount available... Do we know how much of that list will get completed in this upcoming year? Uh, Mr. Vincent Andor, um, another administrative representative, would you like to speak to the inquiry? Good afternoon, everyone. Bobby Vincent, Director of Public Works. Um, with regards to paving, I think we have right approximately at $3 million um, this year, as Councilman Angelesto indicated. Um, we have indicated or shown a need through the audit report of more um, in terms of a need. Um, so my thinking is is that um, we, have, we do have a plan in place uh, with regards to paving. Um, we'll be the first one to indicate that there's a need for paving. Um, there's also a need for sidewalks, but we also have other needs um, located throughout our city. So I think we're in the process of prioritizing all of those needs and presenting them accordingly. So I guess I was looking for something more specific. Do we have those priority lists and and estimates on how much those projects will cost? So Yes, ma'am. We have um, performed a full assessment of the city streets, and we have a PCI rating for every street um, located within the city of Richmond, all 2,441 lane miles. We're in the process of doing the same thing for sidewalks, and that assessment is scheduled to be completed um, this coming June. Okay, and is there, have we been provided that? Council was uh, provided with two uh, listings of the proposed projects for what is, for the funding that's included in the mayor's proposed budget. I sent those out previously, but for this discussion, I actually just sent it out again to all council members, so you should have it in your inbox. But as far as the assessment of all... The assessment we asked for the inventory, and I believe the response that we received is that that's still being compiled. For the paving projects, because for me, it's 
not just about what we can get done with what we have, is how much more can we get done if we add a little more? And what is the capacity? I mean, is this all contracted out and we're able to manage, you know, if we gave you $20 million, would you be able to spend that in a year? Or, or is it just, does it max it what? Um, the projects are certainly bid, it, um, bid out because um, they are construction projects. Um, the work that we do in-house um, are typically um, less than a half a block in nature. Um, anything over, than that, o- over that, we tend to bid out. Um, and that work is performed by, by contractors. Okay. So anything else specific to this item, sidewalk projects, that Mr. Vincent can answer before we go to the next? Okay. So I will call for consensus. This is item number 27, transportation sidewalk projects, Mr. Angelesto. Okay. Okay. So we will not, we don't have consensus there. We have four. Okay. Uh, Next item. So the same, I've already given the introduction on the repaving. If you want to just move it into questions um, or consensus. Um, Any questions, comments? Do we have consensus? This is item number 28, transportation projects paving, $7.5 million. We do not have consensus. Next item, number 29, transportation paving of Bird Park Streets, 490000 Mr. Agilesto? Sure. Um, Mr. Andres, we, we could have used you on this uh, last round of repaving and sidewalks, but... Nevertheless, um, the Bird Park streets, uh, this has been submitted several times thus far. Uh, Last year, during our General Assembly uh, requests, we asked them to evaluate uh, potentially more revenue share from the state uh, to support streets that might go through private property, i.e. city park, that we could um, get, uh, since they are major thoroughfares for um, high daily traffic. that was was um, discussed. I talked to Delegate Carr. Uh, it was discussed. It, it may be entering into a study, but it did not appear to be one that was going to move quickly through that process. It was not formally introduced, and so there's the study is kind of happening on the back end, not necessarily with General Assembly action. So again, um, I've just submitted it here since uh, the park is heavily used. And we have um, many residents in the Virginia home that, uh, that utilize out there. Uh, they're wheelchair-bound. We're trying to make the park uh, safer for families where they want to bring their children out and have bicycle activities, et cetera. So uh, that has been submitted again. Mr. Atalesto, is this an item? Uh, have you had conversation with DPW? Do you know this, if this, this item is, is in or not? This item has to be in the parks budget. It is not in the DPW budget. I'm sorry. Excuse me. So we've had numerous conversations over the course of... And it's not there. Four years. Oh, no. Okay. Not there. Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Uh, Yes. Just a general question. Um, So the last two 
proposals that you asked for were all general citywide things. Now you're sort of getting into the the meat of your your district stuff. Do you have any thing? I mean, can you prioritize these items? Do you, do you want to? That would make it more helpful for me yep. to know. I mean, I want to be supportive, but I I can't support all these. Sure. This is the only um, specific road repaving project that we asked for in the fifth. Um, and frankly, it's specific because it does not flow through the other budgets that are managed by DPW. This one has to have the funds within the parks budget. So that's why it's earmarked like it is. It's just a different beast. Um, and if, if we're not going to go through one by one and you want me to go over them again, I can go over all of them. No, that's not okay. – I wasn't saying I didn't want you to give your spiel for each of them. I'm, I'm basically just asking, like, which would you like me to support? Because if I support all of your things, I think that's sure. – all of your district items are $2 million well, or so. That's fine. Frankly, I would ask you to support the school maintenance. But um, <laughs> I don't know where we're going to find the $15 million. Okay. I think I got an idea for five. Um, but, again, I know you're supportive of that one. <laughs> I asked our colleagues, you know, show us where the money is for school maintenance. Um, that's, that would be of the list up there, the highest priority. But of your district. Oh, of the district. <laughs> Um, frankly, you know, some of them are safety issues. Um, Riverside Drive guardrails, we've had um, cars flip, uh, drivers uh, killed. They have uh, done the, the guardrails in the 4th District. They've been working east. They ran out of money uh, by the time they got to the 5th District. And so we're just simply trying to extend that safety measure. Um, the... The curb and gutter is new curb and gutter. This is in South Richmond. This is in a uh, what is becoming a more walkable area. This is right in the area where the Allegheny warehouses are located at Sims. And we've got another development project uh, called the Hollands coming right there. There are no curb and sidewalks in that general area. Uh, and so as we begin to bring in uh, several hundred homes, we're trying to bring some infrastructure to support the residents as they move in. Uh, and that's a fairly high priority. Uh, the sidewalk uh, installation where you see Randolph Street, Clopton, et cetera, this has been um, the work that we've been doing over time in the district to fill the missing teeth. You have sidewalks here, you have sidewalks here, and in between you have no sidewalk. And you have a well-trotted dirt line through the grass. Uh, we're just tr simply trying to connect these areas, and that is a very specific budget that DPW has priced out all of those segments of sidewalks. Uh, and then lastly, we had talked about the Holly Street stabilization, and that was where we were going to use the Gaston funding. So I hope that explains what's there and the, the different needs. But if I were going to talk district, I would say over there at Perry and 24th Streets. Thank you. Any further questions? Let's see. I'm sorry, Mr. Agilasto. That was number 32. Did you say that was, if you had to pick one, did I 
see, did I hear that correctly? If Number 32 for 255. No, it would be uh, right. 31, which 31. is... 31, there we go. Okay. Around the... This is... Um, the Southside Community Development Housing Corporation is building out um, yes. all these residents in here, and this would be to support the city installation of infrastructure. All right, absolutely. Thank you. Any further questions? Uh, I think Ms. Larson has asked hers. Anyone? Okay, no further questions. We have consensus on this one. I'm sorry here. I think we're looking at just the one million. Is that fair? I mean, I know we talked about them as a block, but okay, one, two, three, four. Are we going to revisit those that are, once we figure out we've spent everything that's available? Because yeah, we're. I think we're pretty much done with with this million. But it didn't pass, so I guess we've still got some money left. Well, I mean, if we're, if we're going to fund something out of all those things that Councilman Angelesto stated, I think the safety issues along Riverside Drive, and you've got one district that has gotten that project completed and it just continues on. So I would be very supportive of getting those guardrails in place. I've been around those curves. And as a young person, we thought it was really funny to go very quickly around those guardrails. And, and thank God I never went over. But um, I think that that's a critical improvement that I'm okay. thinking we should take care of. All right. Mr. I appreciate that. Was well, <laughs> Let me say that the patron of that, I, I don't know what his thought on that one is, but um, did you have a another priority past the one million since that one didn't pass and we're voting on them individually? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that that clearly is a high... I mean, if it weren't a priority, I wouldn't have put it in, but um, if balancing out, I would say that that's probably the one that um, is going to have the most impact on saving lives. Um or school maintenance. I don't know if you all want to bring that one up. I, I thought we were taking the district ones first. We'll certainly sure. take the school maintenance one up after that. So you're saying that none of these other ones should be funded if the million isn't funded? If the million. No, I'm, I'm trying to. We took uh, yeah, those I'm, as a block and heard them, but we voted on one million. So the other three are still on the table, I guess is what I'm saying. The 490, the 200, and the 255, and the 350,000 350, are still on the table. I mean, I, like I said, I would, I would say that the 200 guardrails um, is one that uh, is going to probably save lives from having cars careening off these uh, embankments into the James River Park system. You know, but okay. but like like Ms. Gray said, it's a project that started a long time ago in the fourth district, and the funds ran out by the time it got to the fifth. So it's it's just it's the the right. luck of the draw, I guess. Um, well, that might be a public safety one. That's at the top of the right. Well, that's what we've said as a priority. But I'm going to let you pick that's the top what one. Has said. Is that it? 
Well, I think each one is still going to have a vote, but if you want to take them in those orders of priority, then I would ask you to vote on this one next. Okay. 200000 for guardrails uh, for um, Ms. Gray. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We've got a consensus on that one. Uh, next, let's see, would be, we'll just take these in chronological order. Or, well, pick. No, I'm sorry here. Mr. Agilesto, if you want to pick 32 or 34 as it, your next one. I've, I've already spoken on all of them. If you want to just go down the list, that would be the more appropriate path. I know you spoke to all of them, but now I'm asking for your priority of those remaining two. Sure. Uh, then 32. 32. Okay. That's, uh, everyone heard about various sidewalk installations. Uh any more questions about those? Yes, Ms. Uh, Ms. Gray and then Dr. Newbill. Just a quick comment that I really fundamentally believe that if things are being done properly, that these sidewalks should be on that list of priorities, either maintenance or installation, and that we should be able to look at that inventory and determine where they are in the in the hopper, and I know that's not what's happening, but I think it should. That's how it should happen. So, I mean, yeah. there there are tons of missing sidewalks within each one of our districts, and um, I think it's really hard to determine what whether or not these should be the first ones that get funded or uh, others. And I think when we do this, it's unfair to the city as a whole to... Okay. Well, we did... Um, Mr. Agilasto did put an amendment in for 750000 for the entire city, and that right. didn't get priority. So d did you want to ask Mr. Vincent if I these did. projects are on the list? Well, they said they were going to have that sidewalk inventory come June. Okay. All right. So, right, we don't have that information now. So... Yes, I'm sorry, uh, Vice President Newbill and then Mr. Jones. I think pretty much I was going to that same place and was wondering whether or not the sidewalks had already been identified as um, targets for this coming year. And so I guess I'm looking at you, Mr. Vincent, to um, see if any of these are in the queue. Good afternoon, Council Bobby Vincent, Director of Public Works. Um, if there's a problem with the sidewalk right now and it's been um, uh, an issue for a number of months or years, I'm almost positive that it's currently within our work queue and has been identified as an issue. What we're currently awaiting on is a total assessment of the entire city in order to be prioritized. So I'm sure that these have been identified um, as an issue, whether or not they're on the list currently to be repaired. That's what I couldn't, can't really speak to at this time. Okay, so let me, can I just, so you are doing a full-out citywide assessment, and then there'll be a prioritization, I'm assuming, based on condition. Yes, ma'am. And so it has not been completed for any uh, district at this point, is that? That's correct. Okay, thank you. Uh, Ms., I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. Okay, uh, Ms. Uh, Gray, then Ms. Larson, then Mr. Jones. 
So what about where the sidewalk ends? There's no more sidewalk. Where do those fall? I mean, uh, where there sidewalk, sidewalk, I'm rolling along, you know, my with my stroller or I'm in a wheelchair, and then I get to a dead end where there is no sidewalk. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do those get on your list? New installations. Those new installations would be separate from those installations that rec- currently require maintenance. So they're not on any list? Um, I wouldn't say that they're not on any list. It's that we have those areas identified, but with regards to setting aside funds to install new sidewalks has not been, um, has not been prioritized at this time. But our maintenance needs, that's what's in the, currently in the process of being and I, prioritized. And I think what these are, are those gaps where there are no sidewalks. Okay. Where would they fall in the plan? And is there a separate pocket of money, or does that just come out of the same bucket? T- typically, they've been requested as individual projects within the budget. Okay. We, uh, let's see. I'm sorry, Ms. Larson, no. Mr. I, Jones. I had the same question. Okay. Thank you. We'd have 40 minutes for the rest of the list. Mr. Jones. Yes, yes sir. My, and again, mine is just an issue of of, of equity. Uh, there are districts that, uh, as we begin to talk about major corridors, that lack sidewalks. And so, you know, I guess I would, I would want to see some of the same things. How are those things going to be addressed? Um, because, again, can't walk Hall Street, which is a major corridor uh, for the city. And so how can, you know, as we talk about, you know, I've heard Councilman uh, Addison talk about multimodal transportation and different things of that nature. How can we bike and walk from one end of Hall Street to the next and do it uh, in a safe manner? So, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Vice President Newbill. Uh, yes, Mr. Vincent, this is just a question for my own education. I had the opportunity to participate in a couple of walk audits. Uh, and I want to tell you how illuminating it was for me to be clear that just building a crosswalk doesn't necessarily answer the question. It's how we have people move safely, biking, walking, rolling, and tapping to maneuver the footprint. And so will those components be considered in this inventory and prioritization that's a very good question, madam, and the answer is yes. Through Vision Zero, we are looking at enabling our pedestrians and bicyclists as well as motorists to all move safely within the public right-of-way. So in some instances where there is no sidewalk on either side of the street, we may look at putting one in on one side of the street but not on both um, in order to make sure that many of our neighborhoods can have that safe passageway. But we are looking at that through our Vision Zero plan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Trammell. Oh, I think Bobby, I just want to say, I just want to say thank you that I think you're doing a great job when we, you know, you're giving, I mean, you're doing the best that you can with what little bit of money that we all have because it's nine, it's nine of us that need sidewalks, streets done, and things like that. And I know that um, we have to make tough decisions all the time, just like you all do, but it's like, you know, where do we find this money? And I know tonight people will come down here and protest for different things that they want, you know, but we have to realize that you got to have good streets. You got to, I mean, 
if you don't have good streets and you don't have sidewalks and things like that, as Kim said earlier, we get sued. And no telling how much money we have paid out from people that's, that has fallen or, you know, been hurt on these sidewalks. And then people that have, you know, messed up their cars and their vehicles because of the streets. So it, I just want to say that I, I know all of us appreciate what, you, what you're doing you know, in public works to try to, you know, make our streets better and our sidewalks. And we all just have to realize there's just so much money to go around, and especially for all nine of us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And with all the new streets coming in, too, and all the new homes. And I think that I want to talk to my colleagues after this budget because I have, like, several developments, like housing developments coming in my district. And I think that council needs to take a stand and let them know that if you're going to put these houses there, you got to put these sidewalks down. you got to put these curbs and gutters. And don't, you know, like, don't come back to us and tell us that we got to find the money to do it because it's not fair when we got people waiting 30 years to have sidewalks or 30 years to have their, their streets repaved in their neighborhoods. So I think that after the budget, I'd like to sit down and talk with you to see, or with the administration, to see what we can do to put in that kind of language. Yes, ma'am. Gladly. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Trammell. Uh, Ms. Gray. So not for this piece, but I do think um, at some point we need to revisit, because I didn't know that in order to get a gap where there are no sidewalks filled that I needed to come up with a list and, and ask for it through this process. So I do think that there needs to be a centralized process that determines where those gaps are. I mean, I hear from people in the fourth district who say we were promised in 1969 that we'd be getting sidewalks and it never happened. So um, I, do, um, I do think that it needs to be a repository for those items and those things should be prioritized based on um, accessibility and other factors, safety. So um, I don't know how we do that, but we definitely need to because I don't know that it's possible for us to assess how critical one sidewalk section is over another and if there's no list of priorities for new sidewalk projects you know I don't I don't know how we get there okay. Okay. very good I appreciate that okay consensus on uh, number 32 255 756 for the various side pro projects stated one, two, three, four, five. Okay, got a consensus on that, Mr. Agilasto, number 34. I think we've, right, go ahead. Right, I introduced that, and we did have a fairly prolonged and lengthy discussion about it. It's, it's simply trying to utilize the Gaston funding um, and bringing it forward to do the stabilization of the wall that separates the Holly Street Playground uh, from Hollywood Cemetery in the Oregon Hill neighborhood. Okay. Damage was go. done, significant damage was done, undermining the wall uh, from Gaston. Most of it got repaired, but there's still some issues that have lingered. Okay, we, Gaston, okay, I'm sorry. We got federal funding for Ernesto when we had a flood over in the third district. Another storm. Uh, okay, yes, Ms. Gray. So, um, just wondering, has it been determined whose responsibility this retaining wall is? Because I know there was some question whether or not. Um, these funds, there's, they've been sitting out there for quite a while because Gaston happened a long time ago for the 
um, Chimborazo area, and they haven't been utilized, but is this a responsibility of the city, or is it a responsibility of the Hollywood Cemetery to fix this retaining wall? And is and I don't mind the city supporting that effort if that's if we're okay. Fair supplementing, but does the administration have an answer to that, or Mr. Agilasto? Mr. Brown. Um, yes, I, um, I understand that this is the responsibility of the city. We have um, Mr. Frelke who can talk a, very briefly about that as, as relates to parks. Hmm? Thank you. Good afternoon. Chris Frelke, Director of Parks and Recreation. We did go out to that site. It is in the right-of-way, and so that would be city responsibility. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, questions, comments, concerns? Okay. Uh, consensus on this one? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Mr. Agilasto, we'll go to the page two of your amendment. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Uh, school maintenance here. Did we, did we go over that one or you just want to no, skip it until later this evening? That we, might determine the outcome. We have not touched that one. Um, I'll leave it to the body to determine if they want to discuss it now or later. Okay. I'd like to delay that discussion relative to our discussion tonight about additional revenues for this very purpose. Is there a consensus to defer that until then? Okay. Hands, one, two, three. So we've got to discuss it right now. Is everybody paying attention? Paying attention. <laughs> well, okay. But... Well, I didn't see five hands to defer it. Okay, one, two, three, four. Okay, now we've got them. Go ahead. Ms. My Ms. question Gray. is um, if the proposed new tax with the highest estimation is $4 million and some change, and when you subtract out what the administration said it will cost to administer this, um, why is the 15, where's the other 10 million in change coming from? Well, should we be? I think, here let me, I'm, I think that the patron is saying that whatever the revenue estimation is, that money is supposed to go to school maintenance and that the rest of the money is not there. Would that be fair, Mr. Agilasto? I think we're commingling two separate things. When this was introduced, I introduced corresponding cuts. All those cuts got thrown out. So now you're looking at the increases okay. with no Fair offsetting enough. revenues. Then there's a proposal for the cigarette tax, which is separate than what I did for the budget work sessions. Uh, and that uh, would obviously influence, um, but compounded, I did not put the cigarette tax money in this proposal that is on the table. So okay. this is fifteen million in cuts that we didn't make. Matter. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Gray I didn't mean. I'm so. Newbill. I'm just. Why would we wait till later to decide on fifteen million dollars that we don't have and we're not willing to cut at this point out of the capital budget? We. We can just, I'm question. sorry, go ahead. Okay, so I thought we just took consensus that this was deferred, but now we're discussing it. I just want to be clear on what we we're doing. We did have a consensus to defer it. I didn't realize that you had 
finalize that consensus. I thought we did. We want to have another re-vote on... Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. Yes. You got 30 minutes before we got to take a break. We sure do. Okay, you got four more council members. That yes, ma'am. We have, I mean, Parker, you knew better than this, but when we, we got four more council members that we have not even looked at our stuff, and, yes, and we're going to, you know, and it's not fair. And Parker, you knew better than put these things in like that. But anyway, okay. I think we need to just... Mr. Tramley, your point is made. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I mean, you're going to tell... I mean, you well, we did count- defer. I'm sorry. We did defer this $15 million. That's my recollection of this. Let's move on to the next item. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, Mr. Agilasto, 50000 reduction, uh, item 40. Count- President Hilbert, we already yes. discussed that reduction in council. Oh, okay. We've discussed all these reductions. Um well, f- first we have to go back to item number 29. Um, there was no action taken on that for the 490000 for the Bird Park Streets. I'm sorry. Let's see. Did I skip over that one? Okay, I'm seeing on – I'm sorry. Say that again, Ms. Brown. Which item is next? Item number 29, the 490000 for the paving of Bird Park uh, Streets. I'm sorry. I thought we'd already voted on that one. Uh, We've heard about this one, I believe. Uh, any discussion, questions on it? Okay. Uh, do we have a consensus? No. The Well, let's see. I'm sorry. No, the, the first two were taken off, but not the 490 for, for Bird Park. So we've got a consensus on this one? Okay. No votes. Okay. Moving on to the next one, the reductions. Uh, let's see, Ms. Uh, Brown, have we gone through all of these? At the current. At right, the current so we've time. gone all over these. Excuse me, we, we've addressed yep. all of these decreases. Correct. Okay, great. Uh, the next one um, is uh, number 55, Ms. Robertson. And. Just so noted, the next time we go, go through one of these lists, we're going to start with the 9th District. Uh, Ms. Robertson. Uh, 55. Okay. Um, number 55? Yes. Uh, so this is pretty much following the same pattern that my colleagues are following as it relates to the needs for Streets, paving, and sidewalk. There should be sidewalks added to that description as well. Um, of 275000 for the Bellmead community, which is one of our annex areas that don't have sidewalks and uh, good drainage systems, and, 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 and we are in the process of finishing up a paving that has been started. So this this amendment is for the purpose of continuing that paving as well as addressing sidewalks okay. on those streets that are being paved. Okay. For Thank 275, you. and the mm-hmm. 200 is for, and I know we're going to take them separately, but the 200 is for paving and street improvements in the Shaco Bottom area, which is an area that has been that is cobblestone streets and sidewalks are buckling and there's a retail core uh, in Chaco Bottom. 
And these guys have been asking us for parking considerations and street and um, for uh, addressing the um, cobblestone streets and so forth in the sidewalk areas. They really, really are in really bad shape. And I've not put in a request in previous years because we have so much need at the neighborhood levels throughout the district. Um, but we've made a commitment to um, businesses in that in those blocks to to address this, and I think we've put it off just about as long as we could. We've had some people to actually fall and have filed suits against the city and so forth, and I think it's becoming such a huge liability. And where my preference would be to have this money at the neighborhood more at the neighborhood level. Um, I think that we are at a critical situation that we need to address it. Okay, so just to make sure that I've got this correctly and maybe others, uh, the 1200 block of, of Cary begins at the Berkeley Hotel. Is that right? And yes. So the streets that are cobblestone on those two blocks. Very good. Any comments, questions on, we're going to vote on these separately, but um, are there any comments, questions regarding either one of them? Yes, Ms. Gray. Has any um, requests been made to DPW for any improvements in that area before this? And where is this on the list? If, if there have been requests, I see you nodding. Where does this paving project fall in your list of paving issues and the sidewalks if they're tripping hazards or other things? Where, and I know they're all brick sidewalks, so. Yes, ma'am. Good afternoon, everyone. Bobby Vincent, Director of Public Works. Um, yes, there have been um, um, several requests made for cobblestone uh, replacement as well as brick sidewalk maintenance within that area. Um, so that, I guess that's the, the answer to that. And where does it fall? We typically, um, just like we don't do for the uh, vacant sidewalk lots or the curb and gutter, typically speaking, cobblestone projects are projects that are individualized within the CIP the way that it's being requested here in order for the work to be um, performed. Okay, Mr. Agilasto. Thank you. Um, and I know that we did significant work on the cobblestones back on Virginia Street and Canal Street. Um, and I pulled up that budget, and it looked like the budget for that work was $1.6 And so we can get the two blocks done between... 13th and I guess 11th for 200,000? Oh, between 12 and 13. Well, right, the two blocks. But oh, I'm sorry, you said 11. Well, I think she's asking for two blocks, the 1,200 block and the 1,300 block. Yes, sir, never mind. I thought I heard you say 11, so meaning 11. Trying to make sure that the 200,000 okay. is, is a good number. Okay. Knowing what it cost to do Canal Street pretty much in that same distance. Ms. Robertson, do you have um, an answer I, to that? I'm aware of the costs for, uh, for Virginia Street. And, um, you know, I don't know whether or not this will be sufficient or not, but I do know that it's, it's, uh, it, it may only result in one block being done. It may only result in part of, of uh, the two-block area being done. But 
this is an area of town that at one time was a very focal commercial quarter for us. Uh, the businesses in that area uh, have continued to expand with the new hotel and so forth that have come in and, and um, other improvements, other business investments that have been made. And so whether or not this is going to be um, sufficient to cover both blocks and we may have to come back next year for a continuation of trying to clean up those two blocks. Um, but I, I do feel with the liability and the consistent requests that have been made for the past 15 years of me to put some money into those blocks, and we haven't. And yeah, I'm, I think I'm supportive of somewhere. your request. I'm just trying to determine if and it's I sufficient. I but I, I don't, I don't know I if these blocks can, you can't go and fix them like potholes. I, don't, I mean, you'd have to take out bigger sections to do that. So, I you. understand that it's a, it could be extremely scope, large scope of work, and I'm not comfortable that 200 is going to be sufficient to finish it, but I think that hopefully we'll be able to at least get started on this work, and and hopefully in years out we'll find additional funding. Um, and if we can't, uh, then um, you know, then I would like to. Uh, I, th I think what we're looking at is the average is around three hundred, about five hundred dollars per district for capital improvements projects, and certainly there are other projects that you know I can reassign if if we if if administration advises that this is not adequate enough to even make a any significant change. But uh, my my understanding is that it is significant enough to begin to make some, some change in that area. Okay, we have uh, consensus on this one. I think, I'm sorry, we're taking 1,200 first? Yes. Okay, um, 1,200 No, first. we're taking Bellmead um, sidewalk curves and paving sidewalks curve and gutter first. Okay, two all right. Okay, we'll take those in order. Consensus on this one? One, two, three, four, five, okay. Congratulations, number 56. Um, we've discussed this one. Do we have consensus on that one? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Ms. Newbill. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, this item is a um, safety and health item in my district. I have um, a couple of really great roundabouts uh, the one at nine, well, certainly if we would uh, start at 25th and M Street um, with all the appropriate signage, navigation, et cetera, Jefferson Avenue, uh, Princess Anne going on to 20 downtown. We still have some work to do, but it is an appropriate roundabout. I have, however, have two circles that are on Jefferson Avenue that I have, again, as a part of a recent site visit, conducted a walking audit, certainly, and have heard from um, residents as well. This is an absolute safety hazard and concern that needs to be addressed. These circles um, require additional signage, additional sidewalk bump outs, um, crosswalks, and so um, 
I've had conversation, I've had meetings with community, including staff, and uh, this is something that is needing to be addressed sooner than later. Otherwise, I'm concerned for, uh, again, the safety and well-being of citizens trying to navigate the circles, not the roundabouts. The circles are these much smaller entities that have, uh, now they don't even have trees in them. They did have trees in them. I'm not even sure what the yellow arrow, the, well. And so certainly the administration can speak to that. There are staff members who were here who were at the district meetings, uh, at my community meetings to discuss this. Um, it's a real public safety uh, issue and concern. Thank you, Dr. Newbill. Relative to that, let me ask one quick question. Is there, and I'm sorry, Ms. Gray, I'll get to you next. Are there any monies left from the state for these roundabouts? Because I know they were promoting those a number of years ago. I think Mr. Cara or Mr. Vincent, is there any match or monies left from the state? Good afternoon, Mike Sawyer, City Transportation Engineer. No, sir, there's no um, match or uh, state funds uh, for Jefferson Avenue. But to to Ms. Newville's point, um, the the circles where they're located, there's a skew that occurs where Jefferson Avenue is, and this project would help fix that by uh, narrowing the roadway, and uh, it's a good project. Great, thank you. I am glad to hear that there's no more state money for these uh, contraptions, but go ahead, Ms. Gray. My question is for the engineer because I wasn't on council, but I was in a lot of the discussions around roundabouts and how much safer they make these intersections, and there was all this thought and design that went into them. So now we put one in, and now we're trying to fix it so it can be safe? I mean, so so what is the, um, I mean, what is what are the accidents there? Are the, does the data show that it made it safer, that there were tons of accidents before the roundabout went in, and now there are less, but it's still not quite to the level of safety, or, or did this make it less safe? Because we can certainly provide those statistics to you. Yeah, I'm just curious because we keep getting told that these are projects that are going to make things better, safer, you know, and then now we're looking at a half a million dollars to improve a roundabout project that I would imagine isn't very old. So it's not like we discovered anything brand new about intersections. And I'm sorry, Ms. Gray, I'm... I contributed to the mis- for the misinformation there. This is not a roundabout. It's a circle. And I'm sorry here for throwing that out there. A traffic circle? So yes. What- yes. Yes, and we, we are at four minutes and 41 seconds. This circle this was installed in the intersection similar to the roundabouts, correct? Or is this well, the, has the purpose, always been the, a traffic the, circle there? Yes, ma'am. The purpose of the um, roundabouts is um, basically the diversion of traffic lights um, and um, the purpose of the traffic circles is a com- traffic calming um, device. So it's used to slow traffic down. 
um, as opposed to the roundabout, which is actually utilized to maneuver traffic. Okay, so pardon me for my, um, I'm, I don't know if I insulted the circle or the roundabout and, and confusing the two, but um, how recent was this thing installed and are we, have we learned anything from? That we have. Jefferson Avenue was done within the last 10 years, and um, this right here is, in fact, some upgrades that we are currently doing with some of the current circles that we are, in fact, putting in. It's just additional traffic safety measures that would help uh, with regards to not only the beautification but also the visibility of those traffic circles. Okay. So have we and gone back to see if they're safer than the intersections before they were installed? Before yes. we put this 500000 in, I just would like to know. Yes, ma'am. And I believe the, the primary purpose for the um, roundabouts is to not necessarily um, divert accidents, but to divert the severe accidents as a part of Vision Zero, uh, which is nation and, and, and um, worldwide. So instead of people going through an intersection going 45 miles per hour where you can have a, a deadly or crippling um, accident, um, if there is, in fact, an accident, it's, it happens at a much lesser speed. Okay. So it's not just the quantity, it's the intensity of the accident. Yes, ma'am. And I get that. I, but, uh, I appreciate these are all excellent questions. I got you. I think number council members from the 8th and 9th district should not be put at a disadvantage because they're numeric, uh, unfortunate. Uh, but we're going to start the next one uh, from the 9th district. Uh, so do we have a consensus on this one? I, Mr. President, I just, I just yeah, okay. Okay. No, gonna... I want to be clear that while we have roundabouts, these circles are in between these roundabouts, and they are absolute safety hazards for residents in our community and anyone else navigating that area. So I just want, they're much smaller, they haven't, they need work. They Thank are you, absolute safety hazards. Do we have consensus on this one? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, we're ready to rock. Uh, Ms. Trammell, I'm sorry. Ms. Trammell, item 62, um, Oak Grove Renovation and Improvements. Yes, Michael and I have four minutes apiece, so I'll just say I want all of it. I want all three of these things. And I'm with her, so so we can just okay. vote the 8th and 9th in one block, and we'll be out of here, Ms. President. Okay, <laughs> all right. You asked for it. Uh, we have consensus on items 62, 63, 64, and 67. Show of hands. One, two, three, four, five. I'm sorry? Increases only. Increases only. Yes, sir. Okay, we are done, done. with those. Um, and it looks like we've gone through all the other decreases. Is that correct, Ms. Brown? I mean, we've already gone through the decreases. So. A lot of the de well, a lot of the decreases we were planned to go back to because council had questions, but we can take this up first thing Thursday. Okay, why don't we do that? And let me ask you, let's see, first thing Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Okay, I'm glad I had my calendar correct. Just one second here. Ms. Brown, can you tell us where we are in the hole, I'm assuming, from two point uh, four million, which I don't think included the three hundred sixty-one thousand of which we spoke earlier. It did not include the three hundred sixty-one thousand. Um, and as of right now, assuming all of the other ones that council agreed to for the decreases stay, 
um, it's out about 1.1 million. Okay, so we're 1.1 million over. Um, so let's put our thinking caps on. We're not going to discuss that today. Um, miraculously, we may end a meeting uh, early. But um, any other questions, comments, concerns? I'm sorry, Ms. Brown, go ahead. Um, yes, I will try and be quick. I just want to let council members know and get, I guess, a quick agreement that for the calendar, uh, tonight is the first budget hearing for the budget papers. Um, those are going to get continued um, until what we're planning on doing is a special meeting before the May 7th OD meeting so that budget amendments can then be introduced um, and then hopefully a final vote at the at the May 14th meeting. Um, okay. And if that, in order to meet that schedule, we have to be completely balanced and finalized by next Wednesday. Okay. So, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. When you say by continued, we're still going to have a public hearing on them yes. and then continue them. Okay. Correct. All right. Just didn't want anybody to get alarmed on that. Um, so I'm sorry. By next Thursday, so we uh, next no. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So yeah. we have um, meetings scheduled for this Thursday, and then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And by three o'clock on Wednesday, we have to have everything completed in order to meet that deadline. That would be the 25th. No, that would be. I'm sorry. The second of May. Okay, circle that date on your calendar. Three o'clock. We'll be done. Uh, Let's get her balanced. Any other questions, Ms. Robertson? Thank you, Mr. President. Clarification based on the action that we've just taken on the CIP. Um, I had, and I would assume that this, this is our priority list. Yes, ma'am. Um, and that this is the same list that you're going to ask the administration to find cuts to support our priorities, is that correct? Well, that was my proposal. However, okay. that did not reach a consensus. All if right. someone so, wants to readdress that, I'll be happy to bring it up again. Okay. So the other part, <laughs> I'd be happy if you did, if we have time. Uh, but the other part of that was I had also suggested that we ask our staff to come back with a recommendation of balancing out based on previous uh, recommendations of uh, funding that they had identified in the budget. And I would like for them to, if the council agrees, to at least provide us with that recommendation. Okay, great. Thank you. I, I heard from Ms. Robertson that we want to reconsider my original, my proposal earlier in the day to go back and ask the administration to find this $1.1 million. If they're unwilling to do that, then we'll go from there. All right, consensus on that? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, we're going to go ask, and then um, and we'll look at our staff to go from there. Okay, we're going to ask. Uh, that will be a, a formal request from, from me, and I will put that in writing. Uh, and... No further business on this meeting. I declare it adjourned.